Kia ora everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Fat Tony, and today with us we've got Morgan Schofield, welcome Morgan. G'day, thanks for having me on mate. Oh, good to have you on, how's your day been? It's been good, just rained off and um, yeah, a bit of work this morning. Nice, get out of there early. Yep, absolutely. Sweet. And how's the summer been? It's been good, just yeah. been um, a little bit of surfing and uh, mostly work, me and my partner got engaged. I um, think I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, pretty stoked about that. Yeah, to the death of fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the cheers, to the death of fun. Eh? <laughs> oh, we're joking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll fire this one up, Morgan. Where are you from and how did you get into snowboarding? Uh, I'm from the north shore of Auckland. And um, I got into snowboarding. I uh, went on a uh, camp trip. My mum sent me away for the holidays for a week trip. And I went to Ropehu and... Uh, First day was at Happy Valley, of course, and a complete whiteout, um, learning to side slip with one foot strapped in. So how old were you at this time? Um, I would have been about 10, 11 years old. Right. And um, I was right. I can't, I don't know the board I was riding, but I was riding those um, uh, bindings that came with the boots with the little plug out each side. Switch. Original, with a mm. switch. Mm-hmm. Like Stefan's. When I first started working in Cadrona. Yeah. In the rental shop there. They they had that switch stepping system, and you know because the bars quite far out from the boat. Yeah, you're just watching these poor bastards walking, tripping over themselves. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent the uh, the most part of that day uh, scraping ice out from underneath my boat and from uh, the uh, snowboard binding as well. Mm. But um, my most memorable part of that was um, going to the rental shop at um, the bottom of Fakapapa. And I uh, grabbed my board, and there was a dude, a snowboarder there, uh, serving us at rentals, and he was full head to toe retro, fluoro, and that oh. image of him has just burnt in my mind. And was it, was it a positive thing, like, oh, I want to be that dude, or? Yeah, I thought it was fucking rad. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, how did that go? You're up there for sort of five days or something, just scooting around, or? Yeah, so the first like two days were spent. Um, just like literally walking up and down the learner's slope and um, and side slipping with one foot strapped in. I didn't really get the concept, but um, as soon as they let me put that back foot in and get on that chairlift, I was going from the top to the bottom and just loving it. Eh? Oh yeah. So were you skating or anything before this or? Skating never really clicked for me. Eh. Um, oh. Terrible skateboarder. Um, still to this day, just it never never clicked. Eh. But, um, you know, snowboarding, you're strapped in and it's way easier to ollie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so was there a moment where snowboarding clicked and you're like, this is it for me? Or? Um, shit. It would have to be um, sort of, I guess, at Snow Planet, sort of um, in my last, maybe last year that I spent at actual high school and um, it was all, literally all I wanted to do. Mm. There was nothing else in my mind apart from like going snowboarding and I liked it. I didn't have like a, you know, a path that I had seen myself career wise, but um, you know, snowboarding was the only thing that I related to and I was, wasn't half bad at it. So I just full steam ahead. So what was it about snowboarding that made it um, relatable? I think, um, like it was just sort of like the the I guess you know it's a bit of a cliche to say about the freedom 
that um, it gave me and allowed me to 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 switch off and not think about the other things that were um, going on in my life at the time. Mm. Uh, so I guess you could say it was an outlet like it is for most people. Yeah, and sort of provides a bit of an escape or something thereof. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like my parents split up when I was 12 and that was around the time that I, you know, really got into snowboarding a lot more. And um, yeah, so I was just able to go to Snow Planet and ride that Pommer and... So to rewind the back a little bit, your first time you went to 10 to Ruapehu. Yep. And then that went straight from there to Snow Planet. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Snow Planet had been open for like maybe a year or two. And um, yeah, I just, I must have come back. I don't remember it, but I must have come back and told my mum how much fun I had. And we were like 15 minutes down the road in Dairy Flat. So it just made sense for me to to go up there and it was probably something good for her to get me out of the house every day <laughs> <laughs> oh nice and um how was the vibes at snow planet then there was a bit of a crew and it was sick of a scene yeah there was um you know a lot of kids around my age um that were into it and everyone was really pushing each other and then there was like a whole bunch of like older crew as well that um really helped out and and uh you know, some, some older guys to look up to. Mm. Um, definitely those guys took me under their wing quite a lot and, um, you know, helped me go snowboarding. Mm. I've seen some names we'd know that were older crew then? Or? Yeah, for sure. Um, Jeff Grant and um, Andrew Osborne um, always used to pick me up from my house. I'd give them, you know, five, ten bucks gas and they'd take me, take me up and drop me back to the house. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Snow Planet then was open until about 10 p.m. at night. So that's a lot of hours after school that you can yeah. get there and, and ride. There's a lot of ride time on Snow Planet too, really, isn't it? Because it's not the biggest lift line, lift ride back up. And then you're back on, back in your boots, back strapped in again. And Yeah, if the lift didn't see, you could probably keep their back foot strapped in and, oh, yeah. and, maybe, and maybe cut the line and jump on the pommer a bit early as well mm. before... And you have a bit of crew with you as well, like the homies and shit. Yeah, um, shit. A few names to rattle off would probably be um, uh, Jason Price, his younger brother Matt Price, um, Gray Russell, who's a bit older. Um, shit. Did you um, see like when Christy Pryor was snow planeting and stuff? Yeah, Christy Pryor was there. Um, uh, the only memory that I have of Christy Pryor, like being at Snow Planet, is um like a competition there that she had won, um, but I was just a grommy sitting in the corner. I think I'd compete in the groms, but but you know just sat around with my fingers crossed that I've maybe podiumed, but there's no not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Snow Planet has sort of bred a um, a lot of riders that we sort of got to know later on and that's yeah thing, right and, and and a lot of riders that you know no one or no one will ever hear of um mm-hmm. and a lot of riders that you know sort of sit in the background and and make things happen um you know justin smith being one of them he's um probably one of the more, more talented rail riders to come out of snow planet mm. um yeah i remember him uh lifting at cadrona in 08 oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah right yeah. 
Yeah, yeah he we, came down and did a few seasons, mm. um, and then I think he must have had kids. Yeah, and that sort of took over. But you know, he stayed passionate about snowboarding for you know now still. But he was on like airtime and all that shit. For yeah, no, nah, he helped out with uh, with Rebet and stuff from from what I remember. But um, my sort of earlier memories of him would be him um, like switch front boarding like the you know the bigger rail um, at the top of Snow Planet there that they always had set up and. That sort of just blew my mind about that. So there was some dude doing front boards and then switch front boards as well. Yeah. And with a lot of style. Yeah. A lot of style too. Um, a couple other names to mention would be like um, Adam Strawbridge and um, and Dylan, Dylan Sutton. Shit, so they were all Snow Planet dudes as well. Yeah, I, I reckon Snow Planet really just, you know, gave the opportunity for a lot of um, a lot of people to get into, into the mountains mm. and, and sort of discover that side of things. Otherwise, you know... What so are you going to get into in Auckland other than that? A lot of barriers to entry are sort of removed. There aren't, you don't have to drive up a fucking road and put chains on and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. All that you know, stuff. jump on the motorway, get off at Snow Planet, and, and five minutes later you're strapped in and riding up the Pommer. Yeah. I sort of like would relate it to um, the rope toes over in the, sta- in, in the east over in the States. Yeah, yeah. Because you can, you know, you can literally just lap. If you pro- if you went there and rode for an hour, you probably do like twenty laps. Yeah. So you know you can really refine stuff, and um, that got me a lot into um, into rail riding. Not a lot of jumping, um, but now it's a cool time. Yeah. And uh, there's a couple of um, moments I want to ask you about. Uh, about you got managed to get yourself banned from Snow Planet not <laughs> once but twice. Um, I don't think my mum actually knows this until she's probably listening to this. <laughs> Sorry, mum. <laughs> but um, no, I was banned from um, from Snow Planet twice. Um, first time was for um, for kicking a hole in the wall at a competition. <laughs> I was um, I was trying to fix my binding, and they were doing the briefing, and um, I couldn't. I just couldn't do it. So old, like one of the original pairs of of Union bindings. And I, yeah, I just turned around in frustration and pretended to kick the wall and there was a bit too much follow through. <laughs> and suddenly your foot's gone through. <laughs> suddenly the foot was through the through the wall and uh, the manager was pointed at me and told me to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and um, the second time uh, was a little bit a little bit worse. I got banned for a year um, in uh, I think 2009. Uh, we had a volunteer park crew. And it was made out of like, um, you know, just kids that, that rode there and uh, sort of headed by, um, his name was Dave. I can't, sorry, Dave, I can't remember your last name right now. Um, sorry. But, uh, no, you're right. Uh, yeah, he headed that and got us on there. And um, I used to groom Thursdays with a guy called Gareth. Uh, sorry, Gareth, can't remember your last name either. <laughs> but thanks for um, grooming all those features while I probably just rode the whole time <laughs> and helped out very little. But um, anyway, they um, they canned that um, that program um, probably because they were losing out on all the money from the 14, 15 kids that they were letting ride there for free for grooming part features one day a week. And um, I was pretty upset about it. So... Uh, I went on their Facebook page because, you know, you can post on people's pages at the time. Um, so I went on their wall and wrote, wrote out a probably very poorly worded email 
mm. and um, called out a few managers and probably used a few swear words where I shouldn't have and uh, <laughs> received a message after that telling me that I've been banned for a year. <laughs> but in hindsight, it was probably the best thing that happened because um, it just gave me more fire to, to move down to the South Island and, and get away from Auckland. Right, so was that the moment... That was the moment then when you started looking south a bit more. Yeah, I didn't have any other choice. I couldn't keep yeah. snowboarding up there, so so it was time to head down. Yeah. Um, before we talk about down south, though, were you sort of, while you were snow planting, were you still doing trips to Ruapeu as well? And Yeah, so um, uh, my mum would throw, you know, a couple of the older people, older guys and girls, um, 100 bucks to take me down to Ruapeu. I had a season pass there, and... Um, and uh, Hagen and Miche and uh, Cohen Vett would take me down, and also um, Jeff Grant and Andrew Osborne as well. Um, they really uh, helped me out a lot by that, and probably saw that I was a bit, you know, a couple of problems, and seen that I could probably get away from Auckland and go snowboarding for the weekend. Mm, so, how was the Oconee scene compared to the Snow Planet scene then? Um. Oh, man, it was much the same as a lot of the same people coming down from Auckland um, at the time. But um, the scene was massive then. Like, um, you know, there was rail jams on Takapuna Beach and um, in Albany and stuff like that that we'd, that we'd go to. So I remember there was like a big year on the viaduct or some shit too, eh? That was um, that. probably around 2012. So oh, I, I was down south. But um, yeah, there was a rail jam on Takapuna Beach. Um, and another one there was just rail jams like all the time because un- underground skate had a bit of a thing going on with rail jams and camps and whatnot too right yeah um, underground skate and um, cheap skates threw a few rail jams mm. and um, there's a couple even a couple big ears and slope styles um, at Snow Planet as well and those things would be on like every other month um, mm. I don't know if they have that same thing there so now. But... Big air at Snow Planet. Yeah. Yes. How'd that go? <laughs> so they'd push up a big pile um, right at the very top uh, against the back wall and you'd drop in there. And, you know, big air for that would be like 30, 40 foot. And uh, everyone was casing it, including myself. Um, a couple guys, you know, spinning sevens, maybe one or two dudes spinning nines and stuff. Um but yeah, a lot more rails mm. there than, than there are jumps. Um, so what's the, um, what was the story with the underground skate camps? Um, so at the time, uh, I don't know if you'd remember, Willie Beggs had um, FTB camps. Mm. So um, no, no one ever found out what FTB stood for. Who likes to say it's for the boys? Oh, right. I'm pretty sure. Eh? I think that was one of those big urban myth things where like no one found out. Yeah, like, well, no one knows. Yeah, yeah, so there was that, there was that camp, um, and then there was the underground skate camp, which um, which I got onto, and uh, that was uh, sort of, I guess you could say, led by um, Adam Strawbridge and Dylan Sutton, which, you know, in hindsight, seems like a bit of a, bit of a dangerous mixture, <laughs> <laughs> those two. But no, they would uh, they'd take us down, and uh, you know they're like five day camps, and um, we stayed at um, this uh, sort of hostel um, outside of uh, National Park between National Park and Aukuni, and um, 
it's my memory it might like and would ride Whakapapa and Turo depending on on the weather um but the memory burned in there is um we would wake up every single morning they had a little theater and um they had put a cupboard over the theater and above the cupboard it said Narnia and you open up the cupboard doors not cupboard what do you call it like wardrobe sorry a wardrobe and um and it'd be like a you know full full theater and every single morning they'd play us tech nine's uh cold world <laughs> and um yeah i think like like that really shed a lot of influence onto oh, yeah. me in terms of like um international writers to watch um oh, so who were some of those uh like uh chris bradshaw um uh lucas mcgoon uh what other movies was i watching at the time uh, Mac Dog Productions follow me around. Oh yeah. Um, with uh, Aerotel as Ender, Ender part with um, Come On Irene as the as the song, um, and uh, Child Support as well. Oh yeah. And were you um, was there local influences as well? Like were you engaged in like buying the New Zealand magazines and? Um, the first time I lay my eyes on a New Zealand snowboarder would have been, um, my auntie bought me a subscription for my birthday for two years. Um, I, I can't tell you. Oh, that would have been 2008, right. 2009. Um, and at that time there was like three or four issues coming out a mm. season. So it was a bloody good subscription to have. Mm. And was there some, um, writers that got your attention in the pages there or? Um, definitely like, uh, Will Jackways, uh, and Roland and, um, I guess Tim Jackways and, uh, Ben Ferret as well. I always remember the, um, the nose press on that, on that bridge. Oh yeah. At Reno or some shit, eh? Yeah. And Paul yeah. Brockfield's like in the water taking it. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, I met, I remember meeting, meeting Ben at um, one of those rail gems, I think the one at Takapuna Beach, and um, sort of being like, "Oh shit! Like that's that that's the guy that I've seen in the magazine." I was scrolling through Jeremy Thorne's Instagram and found a picture of him doing a front board on that Arrowtown skate park rail. Oh that yeah, big wooden fucker. I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, that's, that's pretty. Gnarly, <laughs> I don't know if I'd front board that. Yeah, front boards yeah. on wood. Yeah, yeah, man. I and he fucking got some mean shots on the old base building too with those rails that went under the fucking that um, went down the level. At, at whereabouts? Coronet Peak. At Coronet old, Peak. old base buildings. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Go and you yeah. real close to the fucking roof and shit. Yeah, I never got to see those in person because um they had built the like new base building. All oh, right. At the time. I need to find that picture actually. Um, that's fucking sick. Like, yeah. Yeah, he like literally like ducking to avoid so, taking his head off, and yeah, you know, it was rad, man. That like it just seemed like to me at that time that there was just such a scene um, within like that magazine culture, mm. and so many writers out there pushing it, and like sort of street and backcountry and and jumps as well. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of was able to broadcast to. I mean, there it is. It was broadcasting to like, a guy in Auckland. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, here's what's going on in these parts and so on and so forth. And yeah, I mean, I sort of missed the magazine culture a little bit. Yeah, it, it gave yeah. a space for, um, you know, for those sorts of writers. Yeah. 
Um, and you know that was the the sort of rider that I wanted to be. Yeah, but not the competition dudes. Like, nah. Yeah. Nah, I couldn't give a shit about competitions. Eh? Yeah. I wonder if that's sort of affecting the generation coming up now. Is it's not exactly obvious that there's another route outside of competition. Nah. You know, because like I would agree with you there. You look at that magazine thing. Like you can see, like Ferret, Will J, two dudes that did yeah. real good with the media side of things. And you're like, oh fuck, there's actually a pathway there. Yeah. And, you know, from a writer's perspective, why would you put your body on the line like that unless you're aiming to, you know, have a shot in a mag or or a video part? Yeah, yeah. Get something out of it. Exactly. Yeah. I was sort of touched on a bit before, like, um, the reason for the move to Queenstown, but um, what was the reason for the move down there? Um, I was pretty done with school, eh, at... um, it really wasn't going anywhere for me. I'd had a um, pretty big concussion, uh, snowboarding at Snow Planet, and from there I just I really couldn't hold my concentration in class. And at the same time, all I could think about was snowboarding anyway. So it didn't really make any sense for me to stay there. Um, so when I was seventeen, you know, much to you know the horror probably of my mum, I flew the coop and um, followed uh, my friend Gray Russell and his partner at the time. Um, from Auckland to um, all the way down to Queenstown. Oh yeah, and so what was the um, what was the reasoning behind uh, Queenstown as your destination choice? Um, well, Gray was going to Gray was going to Queenstown, and um, to be honest, like moving to Wanaka was kind of intimidating. Um, yeah. Just like you know, there's so many heavy riders here, and um, and snow park and Kajona yeah. and stuff. It just seemed like from where I was in my riding that um, Queenstown was um, sort of like a, a better place for me to go and, and you know, ride bigger features. Snow Planet's pretty small features. Um, it's easy to forget that, that, yeah, that would have been about the tail end, like the last few years of snow park, and we still had the heavy international yeah. riders kicking around. Yeah, and but... And at the same time, like it, it as well, it seemed like there was such a, a scene in Queenstown too. It was. It was sort of almost like the last bit of the Dero crew doing their thing. Yeah, when, yeah. when those boys were still big. Not they're, they're not still big, but yeah, sort of in almost their heyday, peak, yeah. peak Dero infamy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and um, so how was the roadie down? Was this your first time to the South Island? or It was. Um, so I drove down... Um, in my, I think it was a, uh, an 86 Mazda 323. Nice. Um, lime green hatchback. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that time it was, um, you know, Nokia Motorola's and, and other flip phones. So there wasn't any, you know, you couldn't just go on your iPhone and look up directions. Um, so I pretty much just followed him and, um, any time that he would, overtake another car like i was overtaking that car as well because i just did not want to get lost eh? (laughs) i did get lost though oh really yeah i um we got to christchurch and uh i seen a sign that said you know turn left here to go to christchurch it's like right on on the motorway there so i took that turn and i ended up driving through the cbd um before you know before the earthquakes and stuff old christchurch old christchurch and um somehow seen a uh I, I, Gray had told me that the the road out of Christchurch was around where the airport was. Mm. So I saw an airport sign 
and I was like <laughs> I'm not lost anymore I can go that way and, and continue I used to get so lost when I, so I'm from Dunedin so I'm used to hills and shit, yeah. but I, and I used to when I'd go to Christchurch as soon as I get in the grid city just this, fucking get lost there's there. no landmarks where so. the fuck am I <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man it's uh yeah, you can spot the other town when I go there pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we pulled up to um, into Queenstown in the dark. Um, I think we must have got there at, like, 9 p.m. or something. And the days are getting a bit shorter. Uh, so I didn't really get to see the scenery until I woke up the next morning. Um, I was staying on uh, my friend Bjorn's um, couch. And... Uh, you know, I had no knowledge of, of when the season started. I just, you know, followed. That was when Grey was going down, so that's when I went down. And uh, the season didn't kick off for like another month and a half. <laughs> so Bjorn let me stay on his couch. Thanks, Bjorn. So um, were you like working for the winter or? No, nah, I'd saved up a shit ton of money um, before heading down. I was uh, washing houses in Auckland and... Um, just decided that I was just going to snowboard that season and not work a job. I'd saved up quite a bit. Shit, that's dangerous. A 17-year-old in Queenstown before the mountains with a lot of money. Yeah, well, I, that <laughs> season I hadn't really found it. I didn't find out until the end of that season that um, I probably would have been sweet to have been heading out to all the bars. Mm. Um, so I was literally just snowboarding every single day. I snowboarded um, 83 days that season. Holy shit. Yeah. Right, and, and left in September. <laughs> right. And how did, um, like, the 323 go up the remarks and shit? Like, oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. It was a gravel road back <laughs> did then. It, did it, it really? Did. It, it really did. Second gear. <laughs> chopping between second and third and first. Yeah. Uh, had some chains for it. Um, <clears throat> but it, it, it's the season um, The season kicked off early, actually, which was a, sort of a blessing that um, I got there for, for that. And um, a couple of the local guys that I met up there had set up some rails in the um, old, in the old car park. It's sort of like a step down terrace from the top car park into the second one, and um, they'd piled up a bunch of snow and had a couple of rails set up. So we sessioned that for um, for about two weeks before the mountain even opened. Nice. So it was sick. So. so once the season was underway, how was that impression going from like say Snow Planet and the occasional Ruapeo trip to remarks and oh, all the features know. were huge man yeah you know um rails at snow plant at the time were probably like you know 10 14 foot long so you're you know do a front board and you're on the rail for a split second you got to remarks and the rails were double if not triple the the length and uh so that was pretty intimidating but once i wrapped my head around that it seemed to all flow and you know i met some some really cool crew um, mm. that to this day are still really good friends right and were you riding much at coronet too or unfortunately not it's one of my biggest regrets to be honest um i was just park rat so right. all i want to do is ride remarks parks i i don't even think i rode coronet peak until like my third season in queenstown right so it didn't even leave the sugar bowl chairlift nah oh, <laughs> terrible how terrible is that eh? uh we would ride shadow um oh, yeah. a bunch um switch races down shadow with uh mikey hewlett just give him a quick shout out switch race down shadow yeah from um 
yeah, from the drop in right, you know, where you strap in and mm. end at the um, sort of the second uh, or third uh, snow fence. Mm, there's a couple of downhills there. You can sort of yeah. get a bit. Oh, you're, you're hauling ass eh, on that last on that last like um, sort of steep bit that comes like flat bit, then it goes up. Mm. So uh, yeah. So I love the cat chain jibs just below there. Yeah. Like, I haven't done them in a few years now, but that was my 90s, was, like, springtime, front side off those cat tracks. And yeah, well, it was, a, it was a different sort of lay of land back then as well. That was before they did a lot of earthworks up the top, mm. too. Um, it's a bit flat now up there. Yeah. It used to be, you know, all those little cat tracks, single-pass cat tracks. Yeah. No. Would step down onto each other, right? Eh? Yeah, no, fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just fun, man. Everyone was just there to go to go snowboarding. Um, there's no pressure. There'd, there'd be the odd comp up there, um, but yeah, everyone was just lapping the park and mm. uh, and having a good time watching everyone else from the chairlift. That slow ass chairlift. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And right over the park too. You couldn't get away with much if you're below. Yeah, no, not mm. at all. Um, some good heads around. You know, that time would have been. Um, oh, I've got to mention Jordan Sinky because. I uh, spent a lot of time riding with him and he mentored me a lot in those first years and um, uh, Milu um, was around he was throwing down at that time um, I think at that time as well they had um, they had like a, a whole team oh Parklife yeah so it was the like whole Parklife team eh? Heiner and Heath and all those dudes. yeah, yeah. Um, and also like uh, uh, Rene Riverton oh yeah um that he was part crew with um with uh, Ashley Guthrie, um, and those guys threw down eh. Mm. And um, so we having these moments where you see like Heiner and those dudes come through like holy fuck or yeah well like, well did you did you see them on the regs up there or yeah definitely them like uh, you know riding through park uh, riding the big line and stuff and uh, Heiner and and Browner, um, you know throwing down on that big line. Mm. doing nines and tens or whatever else um it was sick yeah uh, right before I'd, I'd sort of come down um on my second season was a uh, episode of diaries um that they did and they had, it was pre-season as well and they'd set up like staggered boxes and um I've I'd sort of been I, I'd watched that and there's a couple of kids in there, um, John O'Bard and Jarman, I think Mahi's in it as well, and um, yeah they were like I was watching that and they were super styly and I was like, you know, looking forward to getting down there and 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 riding with dudes like that. So how did they get into the picture then? Like, like obviously you've seen them through that episode, but. <laughs> That's another thing to actually become homies and shred with the yeah yeah like um I don't know like those guys are around the same age as me um I can't not mention um a you know good friend mutual friend of all of ours Shaden um who passed away a couple of years after that first season or the sorry the the following year after that season um yeah shred like um. Stuff, eh? Uh, Jarman and um, and Mahi and and Jono, those guys were, you know, I would say mm. before their time, really. Especially yeah. Jarman, um, I remember, you know, watching uh, like a, I think he had a snow dice, 
and um just riding with him he just had like sort of a creative view um in terms of tricks and and line choice as well riding through the park um they had that um uh that forum versus burden oh yep and yep. they they'd set up a feature at remarks for like the first day and it was like an up pole jam to uh the two wall rides that they had there so it was mm-hmm. like the flat over the top and jarman came up with basically no takeoff and no landing and back fived sideways across as, across it holy shit and you know swiveled the last part around just super super styly yeah um, and was there some features that were favourites of yours in, in that era of Remarks Parks? It's a hard one, eh? Yeah. I really like the, um, uh, they have that sort of like a skate style feature. It's like a spine, like a skate spine. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's like perspex on either side and it comes up like a half pipe and then like, you know, coping and then like another half pipe on the other side. Um, and as well, um, you know, a a few, uh, they always had really sick setups down um, Frog Leg, you know, where that big boulder is that the park chair used to go mm. over. There's that little tiny run there. And they built some really cool, like, um, street style features in that area, like mm. close out rails with, like, you know, into a big drop into, like, a wall ride. Mm. Um, so I, I remember that time of Remarks Parks would come over and be like, wow, they've got some really quirky, like, creative rail features here. Yeah. And we're kind of like, wow, this is the place to be if you're a rail bandit. Yeah, totally, yeah. Because yeah. um, we're, we're, like, not being a local there, I was terrified of those jumps because the landing's, like, pretty oh, yeah. short, you know. <laughs> They're like, still old school jumps, eh? Mm. Like, you know, um, step down eh? mm. um knee yeah. breakers. But you know, with the lay of the land up there for parkers you know you sort of have to be creative i guess Mm. you know i've never been park crew myself but um i can imagine finding features to put into little nooks and crannies there you've got to um Mm. you know um and i think that was the appeal as well like um a lot of it like you know not to to bag on cadrona because they do such a sick job but all the rails there are you know in a line Mm. which and and terraced out um And whereas remarks, you know, there's a rail there and there's a rail over there and you can sort of link them mm. um, and sort of like, you know, create a bit of flow with your riding. Whereas I, f- I kind of felt like Cadrona, you'd hit a feature and then you'd side slip until you didn't, you'd have too much speed to hit the next one. So yeah, I really like the layout up there. Mm. And, um, and cause it, it's a bit of a trap for snow as well. Yeah. So like, um, you get like little natural wind lips on like the sides of like the, um, the jumps and shit like that, that you can, uh, you know, net little natural quarter pipes and stuff. And, oh man. And I was, I was tripping when I went up there in early December. Yeah. And I was still like sessioning the jump aprons. Well, there's so much <laughs> snow here. It's fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sugar doesn't see a lot of sun, mm. uh, so it can be pretty hard, uh, pack landings, but, uh. Yeah, and I love it up there. Mm. And, uh, I mean, I think there is something special about Remarks, too. Like, most of the other resorts in New Zealand, you're on the side of a mountain, but Remarks, you're actually in the mountain, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. And you can see everything as well mm. from, from like, whatever bowl you're at, you can look over the other side of the mountain and, and see the lines over there. Mm. 
so you kind of know what's written out. Don't even think of that, eh? Yeah. I, I mean, I've done that myself. Yeah. But, yeah. Whereas, like, you know, Cadrona and stuff is a little bit, you know, you, I haven't written there a whole bunch on, like, Power Days, but sort of a bit tighter. Mm. But you also, you can't see what's going on in Captains from yeah, main exactly, base. Yeah, Same, you can't see what's going on in Saddle from main, you know, like, yeah. it's, whereas, yeah, you're looking right down on it. Yeah, it's a bit different yeah. now, eh, with, um, like, those new chairlifts. Um when I first turned up there on my first season, they had uh, Sugar Chair, Shadow Chair, and then Altar Chair. Mm. And uh, Altar Chair was really like, I guess, just the main chair. And that thing goes nowhere. Yeah. Um, and it's so slow. Yeah. So we used to, in the mornings, to get across to the park chair quicker, we'd go up Shadow, and then you'd come to the bottom of the Shadow, like last bit of the Shadow Cat Track, and keep all your speed and just traverse all the way to the bottom of the sugar chair and get on there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew and found appreciation for, um, you know, well, obviously once um, that Kirby base chair got put in, it opened up a lot of those lines up higher. Mm. And just like I remember, like, gone hiking them and, you know, you'd see, yeah. you'd see <laughs> yeah. your one track you did there all fucking day. You oh, know, you'd, like, Whoa, you'd like, hike off the top of that older chair and you'd like feel like you're in the back country, whereas mm. now it's like just part of the main run. Running the run and shit. <laughs> yeah. So I think the first time I went out to um, post-season split boarding, like, yeah. hadn't been put in yet. Oh, it's a big walk. And, and we were like, whoa, you know, fucking, oh, check us, check out us intrepid explorers, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, and fucking now it's like you're right there. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's not tell too many people about it because it's fucking sick over there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I heard it sucks. Mm. I'll, I'll... <laughs> Never any snow over there, eh? No. <laughs> I'll um mention the name before. I'd actually like to talk about a bit more. Um, yep. Mahi Mains, one of my favourite raw dog styles. Um. I was tripping fucking years ago. I don't even know where I've seen it now where he did that backside 540 off the knuckle of one of yep. the fucking jumps transferred to the landing of the other jump yep. line way lower. Like that huge fucking gap. forever be the Mahi Mains gap. Mm. Open jacket, MFM Steez. Sicker style. Fucking. That, that, um, that guy is, is an absolute natural talent mm. on a snowboard. Um, was he Queenstown born and raised? Yeah, and uh, I think he grew up riding Coronet Peak a lot uh, with his brother and, um, and 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 older guys. So, um, you know, that place just makes solid riders, eh? Mm. From, you know, ice to slush to power. Yeah. It's what you ne- you really need that um, that variable snow, eh, to, to make a rider like Mahi. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, like, you know, he knows that place... Um, so well that I rode there with him I think it must have been three years ago now and I'd been riding like all season so you know I thought I was you know charging rode one day up there with Mahi I think it was the second day of the season he hadn't been riding that much that year and uh we're riding down Green Gates and um sort of the bit where um Green Gates merges with um Million Dollar and uh, comes down into like lower green gates mm. there's like a, a hit on just like a you know a lump big mm. big lump like a hill and uh 
it's you know tussock up on that bank and a little bit a couple little patches of snow and he just comes flying up there ollieing over like the tussock tuss basically a tussock takeoff and just like back fives off of the top and goes like 30 40 foot into like a landing that i didn't even know was there fucking hell it's just the guy just is an absolute animal eh? i was tripping on his um remarks pov footage yeah years back and just the speed he was taking through like rock minefields yeah like the absolute no fair man absolute commitment you know like one clip and you're fucking done yeah and you know he like he he called me up for like a few of those missions and uh you know my my back country knowledge at that time was you know not great so a lot of that stuff he was he was walking out into the mountains solo by himself and, and hiking up those shoots before he was riding down them as well um right to to scope it out fuck because didn't he have an incident on ben Lomond? yeah yeah he um that's he, he he had that on pov as well and uh he showed that to me um while he was in hospital he sent it through um on messenger and that has to be like the scariest footage that i've seen yeah in my life i eh? like um you know he dropped in and, and did a turn on on this bank and then dropped into the main shoot and from the bank it just released on him and then it's like i don't even really want to talk about it it's like two minutes of just it coming in and out of like black and white to him tumbling through the snow and stops fucking hell he takes the camera off his head and it sort of points back towards him and it's just blood dripping in the snow um Fuck. so and i think like that was a a massive wake-up call for him yeah um but he still destroys it eh? he could <laughs> that guy could get on snow tomorrow and and just you know hit the biggest thing that you put in front of him yeah i think it goes back to what aj was saying like coronet just breeds strong riders yeah i mean look at Ta- tian you know he's he's a coronet boy yeah too, exactly yeah legs and all those crew that came before and this you know still got it yeah you know. yeah that should be rad to have a fucking just look at this now it'd be rad if you got like three generations of coronet riders like you got aj and legs mahi yeah tian and fucking get them all on the side hits together mm. fuck hey boys if you're listening fucking got an idea <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know that mahi has always wanted to um to make an edit of um of coronet side hits so really yeah. Ma, well mahi get down here you know <laughs> fucking it's there to be done yeah and um but like i was lucky enough to um to travel um to a lot of places with mahi Mm. and uh, and um you know get to know him a bit more and he's just like the most humble dude mm. um you know at the, at the time that i that i first met him he was you know pretty gung-ho and was he rocking the grill when you first met him <laughs> that uh, this gold tooth yeah i think I... that that was just like a he just sort of made the best of like a like a bad situation i think he was out on the piss and uh like you know out on the piss sliding along on the tiles out on um camp street and he s- slipped out and ate a curb oh 
<laughs> and uh, and seen it as the best opportunity to um, put a gold gold tooth in his mouth. I'm sure when I first met him, he had a grill or something going on. Nah, it's that like, gold, no, it's tooth, just gold tooth. Right, it must be someone else then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just in awe of that dude's writing, but I mean, I I only seen it through instagram yeah he just like you know we would turn up to um to remarks park and uh it'd be like the first run of the day and i'm standing there like oh yeah you know oh we'll hit the big line you know first first run of the day and he's like yeah yeah let's hit the big line and i'll be like yeah no i'll do like um do like an indie grab on the first jump and, and maybe maybe i'll front three the or back three the second one and uh, my hair dropping first and just straight into like a, you know, front or back seven or nine double tail grab and just stomp it and and back it up with, you know, the rest of the run as well. Oh, and you have to drop in after that. And I have to drop in oh, after gosh. that. Um, yeah, like, you know, those those got, those boys, Jamin and, and Mahi and, and Jono, I always felt like, um, you know, one step step behind them mm. um and so all those dudes they were queenstown raised yeah right queenstown born so raised. sort of starting there oh jono wasn't from queenstown i think he's from wellington all right um but yeah no they, they'd spent a lot of time down there and it showed you know in their writing mm. you know i came from snow planet um so i was you know looking at things differently to them i was you know oh yeah i'll go jib that rail or something but you know they're looking at at everything else and, and going mm. bigger than than me so yeah so that thing where those things you ride past on the trail they're sort of popping off you're like whoa, yeah whoa i didn't even think you could get that high off that and, yeah. yeah yeah totally yeah all right and then uh, did this lead to uh, first season in queenstown did this lead to overseas missions or anything or? yeah so um that on that first season we met um a guy called josh winters uh uh, from uh, from Big Bear in California, and uh, Jarman had gone and done a season with him over there um, the year before, and that's why he'd come over to, to ride remarks, and um, he took us under like his wing and invited him to into his home, and um, a pretty shitty home, is <laughs> <laughs> a is a a frame and and um and and beer, and uh, there was three bathrooms in the house and. Uh, only one of the sinks worked, <laughs> <laughs> and there's no there's no like insulation and and um and no fireplace either. Oh shit! So <laughs> so um, how were you just work? Were you working or riding or just just riding? Uh, so oh. we'd gone over there for um, I think it must have been ten weeks or twelve weeks. And um, we just went there to ride a, um, you know, it kind of goes back on uh, the international riders that we look up to, looked up to were like Chris Bradshaw and Lucas McGoon and um, Danny Cass and stuff. And, uh, you know, that's where they were riding. So that was the only thing that made sense to go to. And yeah. um, it's crazy over there. Like uh, Chair 9 is just parked from, from the top to the bottom with um you know, hundreds of features in between yes i mean well so this is kind of a two-part of then so your first impressions of both the states itself yeah 
and the results in the States. Like, that must have been quite a big eye-opening. It was so different, hey. Um, You know, it was like a a scene. There was like a a bar at the bottom of of Bear Mountain and, um, you know, all the riders would, you know, just be hanging out down at the bar drinking and and and, and you know going snowboarding um mm. got to uh yeah ride a lot of a lot of cool features and and that was sort of like i don't know you know it's pretty funny to go to big bear and then want to ride like street features um but you know we we're on the lookout for that sort of stuff too there's not a lot of snow around there but it snowed a couple of times over we there mm. and uh you know kind of felt like you know I'm over there, over over in the states, riding straight. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like you know, it's, we're riding wooden handrails in a in a resort town. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck. Sorry, that's just dawned on me then. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I'm guessing you were the same as like most of us in first season. Like, not a lot of money and just trying to make ends meet. No. Nah. There was a bit of a couple of hustles that had oh, gone on and shit. Absolutely. Like, I um. We were, there's a, uh, a shop called Dollar Tree. Um, everything in the shop is a dollar. Uh, so like from, it's basically a supermarket, but everything's for a dollar. Terrible for you. So we we're having pasta and, <laughs> and stuff and just making meals out of that. Um, and, uh, and, uh, oh. there's a guy there, Zach. And we go to the supermarket across the road from, um, uh, from the Dollar Tree, it was next door, and uh, they had caps on all of the bottles in the in the liquor part of mm-hmm. the store, and uh, the only one that didn't have the cap with like a, a barcode on it was uh, Maker's Mark because they have the wax over the top of the bottle. So he, religiously, every single day, he would steal a bottle of Maker's Mark and then would take it back to the house and and drink that because <laughs> you know drinking age over and the states is 21 and we're all like 18 mm. um but luckily like there's a lot of house parties yeah so you know we were you know snowboarding the day during the day and then there'd be a couple of house parties every single week was there much of the another any other kiwi crews over there or you sort of the solo the guys yeah. flying the kiwi flag yeah we're the kiwis there all right and how'd that go down uh everyone was pretty like inviting eh? Yeah. Um like yeah, super friendly scene over there and uh everyone's super motivated to just go snowboarding and mm. film. So was that sort of the hotbed of um professional snowboarding at that time or one of them? One of them for sure, yeah. eh? Um yeah, there's a lot of hype around bear. Um we got to uh uh well I didn't ride that day but um the boys rode it in the grenade games. Oh, no way. So you were here in those times. Yeah, yeah. I think it was one of the last comps that they'd had there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so Mahi and Jarman and Jono, I I hung out around the bar for most of that day because I I didn't, because it was a weekend and our tickets didn't work on the weekend. Oh, yeah. Um, So we could only ride midweek. So (laughs) my ticket didn't work and I was too scared to um, to duck rope, to, you know, um, duck ropes and get on the chair but those boys were fully into it and because mm. <laughs> they take it pretty seriously over there too eh like yeah um, yeah you can get yourself in a lot of trouble yeah even yeah <laughs> yeah 
we're all on all on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, you might want me to take that out. I'm going to make sure that. <laughs> and um, and uh, and those boys were riding. And uh, I just remember seeing Mahi get to the bottom and he's got no goggles on and he's dripping with sweat and he pulls out like a band, like a green bandana out of his pocket and he's just wiping his face with it <laughs> and, and getting back on the chairlift. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, uh, the, like a, a, a memory bin that's burned into my head there is um, like a, Lucas Magoon and the grenade team were sitting on a couch at the bottom of um of the run and my head come through and instead of hitting the box he'd like done like a nolly back three over the box and he did it three times in a row on like every single lap and uh lucas magoon shouted out shouted at him and goes if you ever do that th- if do that back three over that box again like you're out of here man <laughs> <laughs> yeah Oh shit! So you yeah, had had the whole mayor thing come down on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got told. Eh? The mayor had a yarn to yeah. young Murray. Yeah, but um, you know that was that was our influence was um, was you know those those uh, writers from the states over there. Mm. Uh, those are the dudes that were um in the movies and. So that would have been quite a trip then to be like, no way, that's that dude and. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I remember um riding like the the bottom part of chair nine and i'd seen like uh chris bradshaw like in front of me and uh i think he did like uh, you know whatever just on a big dance floor did something super steezy and i came in and you know i gave it my best attempt and uh he sort of looked back and looked at me and just like cracked up and just turned around and kept going <laughs> <laughs> He, he was probably just like, oh, here's another, you know, another kid just trying to, like, jack my stays. Mm. Uh, <laughs> keeping the kids angry in punk rock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so you guys were doing a bit of edits and that sort of thing too. Yeah. For that season. Uh, yeah, that's pretty funny as well because, um, you know, we'd ride all week, but, um, you know, one day of the week we would dedicate to, like, to filming. Um, so... You know, those boys were like, were ripping. So my, that whole week, every single week, I would be like figuring out the tricks that I was going to do for that edit because there was no way that I was just going to like turn up and and just throw down. Um, so I was like really, really like working on those tricks <laughs> so that I would have something to put in, in these edits. Uh, those edits were called like uh, In A Day's. Because um, <laughs> um, that was, you know, and it, it was pretty funny because that's kind of how the that whole trip was. Was just like, yeah, we're just eighteen years old and free leash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's uh, history's littered with many a story of an eighteen-year-old Kiwi, yeah, Kiwi crew going to fucking <laughs> somewhere and just unleashing. Yeah, um, that was pretty funny though because we had. Jam, well, Jarman was, um, like the, sort of the filmer and editor, um, he had some shoulder problems, um, so, you know, that sort of turned his focus to, to filming and editing, and, um, so yeah, he was, he was kind of the brains behind that. Sorry, that's where I was going with it. 
so we didn't have like a proper filming setup. Yeah. So we had a digital camera and a fisheye, and the fisheye didn't fit to the <laughs> digital camera. So we would be holding like the fisheye up to the lens and like, like, like clawing it so that it wouldn't move. And you can sort of see in the edits, like the, the lens sort of shuffling around. Um, and we'd have like crew like on the chairlifts, like pointing and laughing at us with that, with that setup. Mm. But like we got, you know, we got it done mm. and we, you know, we made an edit like every single week. Um, you know, we're just riding chair nine and, um, and you know, a couple of little street features as well. Mm. So you spent the whole season chair nine in the park or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um, over, sorry, over at snow summit as well. Oh yeah. They had a park, um, from top to bottom too, but that was a bit further down the road. And um, do you spend much time anywhere else in the US or are you pretty much straight to Big Bear and then straight back out? Or? Yeah, straight to Big Bear, straight back out. Um, and then that lead back to Queenstown for another season? Uh, yeah, so I came back to Queenstown um, straight away. I don't know. I think I might have stopped off in Auckland for like a few days, but um, I wanted to get to Queenstown and lock in um, somewhere to live and, and a job. Yeah, that's a classic um, early season rush. Yeah, it was yeah. like that back then. It's fucking stressful um, sometimes, eh? Yeah. So uh, I got the best job that you can have um, being a snowboarder as a kitchen hand. Oh, yeah. At, um, at Ducks Deluxe. Fuck, I forgot about Ducks Deluxe. On Church Street there. Yeah. Um, that was working for, um, uh, and with uh, Jordan Sinke, um, who's, uh, whose dad owns, owns Ducks Deluxe. Oh, right. Oh, sweet. So ride all day in the kitchen all night. Yeah, exactly. Best, as I said, it's the best job that you can have up the mountain, yeah. in the mountain resort. And uh, was this when you guys started doing the Minister Society? Yeah, yeah. So, so how did that all come about? Uh, as I said before, Jarman um, sort of got injured. And uh, so he, you know, just wanted to film. He didn't want to hit any of the features um, that were hitting. And, uh, and you know, coming from uh, Bear and, you know, riding a few street features there, that was... Um, you know that was our focus. That's what that was what we were like looking for. Um, so how'd you go finding street features in New Zealand? <laughs> uh, well, you know, luckily there was a few days of the year uh, where it would snow, like mm. in Arrowtown. Um, not so much in Queenstown, but there's a lot of features um, around Arrowtown that um, if you sort of start to pick and pry, mm. um, you'll come up on something. So which ones took your fancy? Um, I can't remember the name of the road, but, um, sort of a bypass between Arrowtown and, and Arrow Junction. Mm. Um, and there's an elbow rail there. And, uh, the first year that we hit there, I did like a, a backside 50 front one out of that, which I was pretty stoked on. Mm. And, and, um, was this like snow to the valley floor sort of days? Yeah. Or? Snow to the valley floor oh, sort nice. of days. Um, and there's that water race um sorry that comes out of the arrow river and it gets pumped along all the farmland mm. and um there's like a you know big concrete pipe that that we did there with a couple like bits to ollie over oh yeah is you that might... the one that goes up fraser gully or some shit no fraser gully uh Sorpet gully uh, um no oh where's, where's Sorpet? so that's behind sort of arrowtown 
over the yeah yeah so so it comes from from there it comes from like somewhere up Maystown. oh yeah um but yeah no it, got, it's the, it irrigates all the farms mm. all the farmland well it's not really farmland anymore but um yeah there was a big pipe there that mahi hit mm. and he back backside 50 50 to like first pop and through the middle of that thing was like a story and a half um off the ground and mm. and typical mahi style first hit he um stomped the shit out of it and and shut the session down <laughs> i think i think he even like hit it a couple times after that and he didn't get a as good a one as he did on his first hit He's just one of those dudes, eh? Yeah. Fucking first hit. All right, well, we might as well go now. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I remember seeing some footage or pictures of you guys up in Tekapo or something. Yeah, um, uh, around uh, Ohau. Um, our friend Max Ovenden, his um, his family works up there. Uh, so we'd hit him up and um, he'd pushed up like a, a feature for us one night. And um, we sort of did a bit of day riding around and and touched on a bit of like Hemis, mm. um, and then came back the next day and and found some like bigger stuff on the bottom part of Hemis there. Right, I totally thought I seen some you guys doing some rails in Tikapo or some shit. Oh, uh, that was um, high country production. Edit right. with um with HVY, I don't I wasn't on that trip, um, right. but Mahi and and John O'Bud went and wrote a bunch of features there. Okay, and was this about the same time that you had that fast forward with the wall right on the container? Uh that was the same season. Yeah, yeah. who was it? It was um Lockie Sutherland, and Ben Parsons, um John O'Bud, and Gray Russell, and um. There was a container sort of up on Queenstown Hill um, that sort of had like a natural run-in um, nat- and sort of like a natural landing as well. And uh, yeah, we were all wall riding that. So. And uh, I don't know how my shot came through out of us, you know, all the guys that were riding it. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I got a fast forward. All right. I was pretty pumped about that. And you mentioned HVY. What was that? Uh, Human vs. Yeti. Uh, that was um, Ben Parsons. Um, sort of brainchild and uh, it actually got it got pretty big there for for a little while um, until he um, had you know, other priorities with uh, buying impact print and stitch um, but no it was just a cool little local Queenstown um, brand um, and mm. me and John O'Budd rode for them it's interesting how for quite a, that must have been the last of that period but Queenstown had that like you had sub 20 and then a generation later you had gifted and then yeah you know it sort of seemed to breed that creativity for a little bit there yeah i don't know if we quite yeah. made up to like sub 20 and stuff but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah um but no it was it was cool like um to have something like local to to be behind mm. um and you know ben did an amazing job with that and um i can't forget colby because you know he made a lot of stuff happen there as well mm. you mentioned impact uh, print and stitch and i'm hoping you can shed some light on the picture from about this time where i i couldn't make sense of it because <laughs> so that's yeah. in um in the same um issue yeah of new zealand snowboarder and um it actually came into a hindsight article 
with uh, with Nick Hine, which I was tripping over because, like, you know, Nick Hine was so kind of one of the guys that I looked up to mm. um, when I first got to Queenstown, and um, yeah, so that was like a, a flat wooden ledge um, on a balcony, and um, I'd been at work like that whole night at Ducks, and uh, I'd been you know slipping a few texts out the side of my pocket while I was on shift and um, they told me that they had um, you know this feature set up and that they needed someone to come write it um, to get a photo on it and uh, we had a car parked just down from the balcony on the other side of the car park and uh, a wakeboard rope going around his tow bar and then below the balcony driving the opposite direction to the way that I was getting pulled. So um, it was sort of winching around that tow bar of that car, and there's another off the truck that was pulling me. Fuck. <laughs> Some um, <laughs> physics degrees right there. Yeah, I didn't come up with it, but, um, yeah, no, I was, um, I was pretty stoked to to be able to hit a feature in town like that. It's because, you know, it doesn't happen very often, so you got to no, sort of... Yeah. Yeah, it's, that. it's almost like it's it's you've got to wait for years now for um and they get enough snowfall to make town features happen these days yeah yeah you definitely got to be creative eh mm. um one of the favorite edits that we did with menace to society was um on uh, the front of mike hewlett's um truck so he'd rolled his truck um like a few weeks before this snowstorm and uh the bonnet was all messed up and you know, it was a complete write-off. So he let us um, put sort of like a pole jam up onto one of the tire front tires, like a rail that had been um, using to skate. And uh, we had like a session for a few hours on that with um, would have been uh, me, John O'Bard, Mahi Mains, and um, and TJ Tibga. So I'm trying to imagine that actually. Um, <laughs> so trucks on all four wheels. Yep. Pole jam up to it's the pole jam resting on the front tire, and you're gapping over the bonnet or something, and shit. gapping over and sliding the bonnet. You know why I need my phone right now? <laughs> why? Because the fucking guess questions on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just mentioned um, TJ, uh, yep. and uh, he's actually got a two part question for you. Oh dear. <clears throat> What was the label rule from Snowboard Workshop in QT, and who, in his opinion, broke the rule most of the time at the workshop? Who, in his opinion? Yeah, who, in your your opinion? Uh, so, um, so the, the, there's a there's a bit of a rule in the in the Snowboard Workshop um, that uh, you know if we're drinking beers uh, later on into the shift, um, that uh, your first sip has to go past the um, bottom of the label. Oh, the top of the label, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, and if anyone catches you, you know, take a small sip and not and not drink past that, um, you know, top of the label, you've got to drop to a knee and, and down it. <laughs> um, which, uh, you know, catches, has caught a lot of people um, off guard. Uh, but I think the, the person that uh, it caught off guard the most probably... Um, would have been Ryu or um, Alex Coons. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you, TJ, yeah, for cheers, that uh, TJ. question. That's pretty funny too, with like machinery and PTX guns and all that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's later on. It's after yeah. the doors are shut, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you're gonna, you're probably gonna be working till midnight, two a.m. in the morning. So mm-hmm. uh, a couple of beers get you through away. Um, so second season, Queenstown, I think. Um, was it second season? Nah. All right. Nah. Um, all right. So following this season in Queenstown, did you end up going back overseas? Yeah, so um, I went back to uh, to Bear Mountain with um, with HVY, Human vs. Yeti, with um, uh, Ben Parsons, uh, uh, good friend uh, George Browning, um, TJ was there, and uh, Adam Strawbridge were there doing a, a season as well, and um, and John O'Bud. Oh, right, so it would have been a minute since you've seen Adam. Uh, I'd seen Adam, you know, here and there um each season but um we, we hadn't ridden together very much um since i'd come down to queenstown so yeah we got a bit of ride time over there uh but we'd gone over there to um you know come back and and tick off a few things that uh we hadn't done um while we we're there and uh we were there for about three weeks Quite. and um filming a project with um with uh nick's sort of film brand um uh high country productions and um we made like a must have been like 15 minute edit um with footage of us from bear and um oh sorry colby colby was there as well colby colvin sater our our good friend and photographer um and uh and also it had in it like a a little interlude of um some local queenstown skating um, from uh, Brian Shaw from Park Crew, oh, he's ripping in the bowl. Fucking mean on the skateboard, eh? And um, and uh, Scott Tiao. Oh um, yeah, um, you might know him. Know I'm, of him? I know who he is. Like he's fucking got these crazy lines there, eh? Crazy. He's yeah, uh, yeah good street rider and, and so casual about them too. Remember, yeah. Like, there's one day, so you got that um, weird transition on the far side that goes into a wall ride. Yeah. And there's, he's seen a mate of his just hanging around the other side. So he just drops in, rolls in, wallies up on there just and to go <laughs> yeah. and say what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Check this dude out. I think, I think Mikey Hill had, might, have, might have had a couple of skate shots in there as well. Mm. Um, but no, we'd gone back to Bear and, um, you know, we wanted to, to hang out in LA a bit as well. Um, so we sort of hung out and drove around and um, ended up going to uh, High Times Cannabis Cup. Um, <laughs> high times cannabis cut sort of like a, uh, a concert slash um get together of all like the um the growers in california and around the rest of the states and 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 it's also a, i think it's a competition as well of who's like you know growing the best um oh. and do you guys does everyone that go in they become the impartial judges or something <laughs> well no you actually had to um have like a medical certificate um to go into like the bit where they're um you know displaying all their all their weed and stuff but um uh, there's a concert there and um gosh who was playing uh red man and the game uh with a with a big axe and uh they were all they were throwing out these massive baseball doobies into the crowd <laughs> and um you know, from being from New Zealand, we're all scavenging to pick them all up off the ground. And yet a couple of guys like from the States 
you know that that are just there just sort of laughing at us going you're gonna smoke that like nah mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was funny um but yeah no so we, we made that edit um and i had about <laughs> two and a half minutes of footage at the start of it um i feel like my writing wasn't you know at its best um then but i still had a few shots but um john obard absolutely like cleaned up and that i think we got back to new zealand and i had like you know a total of like five minutes of footage and he had like 20 um so he was just you know throwing down um we got to go to a spot um which is this big concrete ledge that um uh chris bradshaw had hit and he'd come up and done a back tail on it and then wallied directly down the wall um if you get what i mean i'm picturing it you know like a back tail on a skateboard yeah and then like literally ridden down like the wall of the transition all right um and then so we went there and hit that i got like a a 50 50 front three out of it um but uh Jono came in full speed and backtailed the whole thing and then gaps like to a landing like way further down and that just was you know that's testament to like his riding uh riding rails and stuff he's just absolutely cool today yeah it's the most gangster shit i've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) and is there somewhere we can see these edits still are they on yeah they're they're on um the on Vimeo, Vimeo. I believe. I don't, uh, there might be a couple on YouTube. And probably. what will we need to search them? I'll just type in High Country Productions. And oh. they're, they're in there. There's a couple like um, oh, that, that Tekavo edits in there. And uh, yeah, that Bear Mountain one's there too. Oh, cool. Well, I don't even think I've seen those. So it'd be good nah. to, if everyone's listening, we can sort of see what you're talking about with Jono and that backtail and shit. Yeah, yeah. I think that backtail is his ender. Or it might have been like a oh no it was um this closeout rail and um this little red bull park that they had and he does a uh, back tail again but back tail four fifty out fuck yeah super whipped yeah. around styly as ever sick and um, did this lead to sort of the sponsorship sponsorship route uh. Nah, not really, eh? Um, I mean, uh, the my first sponsors came from that um that fast forward oh, right. in New Zealand snowboarder. Um, uh, I think Phil really hooked it up there with um, uh, Madwax and um, Arnett goggles, and then um, yeah, Ben with um, HVY. Oh, sweet. And that, that was on the back of that literal that one fast forward. Fast forward and the and the um lead shot that you're talking about before right yeah oh, sweet and um did you end up starting to sort of ride the mountain a bit more or were you guys still sort of park ratting it um yeah we're riding the mountain a bit more mm. um like as we we're talking about that little ohau um hemis trip um you know i was definitely out of my element mm. i think i might have got like a front three off a small cliff Mm. Um, so what was that impression like when you first to, and on top of him he's about to drop and 
Oh, it's You're sick like, in there, man. Yeah. I, I think I just rode like a, like, just did a couple of turns, eh? Mm. Um, and we hung out in that top bowl. Um, and Mahi did like a front three or a back three, I think, off this massive cliff. And, um, and stomped the shit out of it. So was that trip sort of a eureka moment for, oh, well, there's a whole other thing out of the park that we can ride sort of yeah i'm like i still had like a pretty big mentality on like on jibbing um so you know i was looking at at cliff drops and and stuff still with like a a jibbers mentality uh there's a shot in there and um i sort of come sideways into this cliff and uh there's like a gap in the cliff and i you know pop to the other cliff and do like a like a blunt slide tap on the edge of the cliff and then drop off the cliff. Mm. Um, so I guess that kind of gives a picture of like where my head was at. Yeah. Um, I wasn't thinking about doing, you know, blasting a method off of a, off a cliff or anything like that and trying to catch like a power pocket. I was just surviving. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so was this the same crew that you guys, you've been shredding with like mahi and all those dudes up in yeah yeah um so those two sort of film productions menaces society and high country Productions, sort of overlapped um and there was a bit of um footage from each that sort of blended um there's anything you took away from that first mission backcountry sort of thing um yeah get the right gear (laughs) and uh and go with people that know what they're doing because <laughs> yeah. uh yeah we were definitely um you know in some pretty serious terrain um yeah. without too much knowledge of um of our surroundings and and what was going on yeah um but like it was a you know a good intro to me to um to that style of riding mm-hmm. and sort of sent me down that path of um of wanting to free ride a mm. lot more and um and work on my like overall snowboarding oh yeah so um at the same time as we had gone to bear mountain uh mahi and jarman had split off um to go to korea with uh our good friend juan who actually i got to mention because um he was there on the first season that i did at remarks oh yeah um and here's this big i don't know if, if anyone can remember juan Heo, but um big tech nine gangster massive hair baggiest kit but like just a, a super nice dude um and so they they split off and went to korea and filmed street with him and you guys weren't keen on going or so did, did, did they bail from big bear to go to korea or? nah sorry so we'd gone to bear and they'd gone to korea all right um, so that sort of split the the crew um a little bit as it happens yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah everyone's yeah. got to go their own path yeah, well, you grow a lot between 17 and 21 or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. I might have my facts wrong on the timeline of those edits and them going to Korea because we did, you know, do a bit of filming together um, after that. Mm. Did you see, the, um, what was your impression when you seen what they come back with from Korea? It was, a, it was sick. It was a trip. Yeah. Yeah, they'd gone and, um, and ridden like a lot of park over there and... Um, and some pretty cool street features. Mm. Um, Jarman wasn't riding. Sorry, he had a couple of tricks in that. But it was mainly Mahi 
um, stepping to some like some big big street features and didn't put any desire for you to go and check out korea uh like, nah because they, they they didn't go back right so i would have only gone if they had have gone yeah. back and um and one stayed over in korea he didn't come back into another new zealand season all oh, right and uh well speaking of mahi and um the orient so uh, your first time to japan was with mahi yeah so um i turned 21 and uh i gotta tell it from here because um you know i i had in my mind that i wanted to go to japan i'd seen footage of um of bull jackways and and nick hine and and all those guys you know ripping it up in in japan and um that old dvd that came out with the new zealand snowboarder um yeah, and there's a japan um, segment in it mm, and they had um yeah. that burden movie for right or wrong in it as well yeah sammy Britton, i think made that movie i know the one you're yeah about. yeah awesome and there's some yeah. snow park footage in it as well yeah. um and you could click on like each yeah. different segment that you wanted to watch um yeah. but that was burned into my brain that so that i had to go to japan um so at my 21st birthday um my mom my mom stands up and she goes Morgan's going to Japan. Anyone that want, you know, anyone that wants to go with him needs to um, needs to commit because he's going. That's the type of person he is. He's you know he's fixed on going. He's going to be there. Um, and Mahi, me and Mahi, cottoned on and, and joined me over there. Um, he stayed for five weeks. And I stayed for ten. Oh yeah. And um, our good friend Sam Griff put us up um in the um rhythm lodgings um a room about um we we both had a room about half the size of the one that we're um in at the moment <laughs> so half a, basically half a single bed and enough space to lay your snowboard bag down on the other side of that mm, classic japan accommodation yeah no it was awesome mm. so were you prepared for what was going to come in japan uh no, not really, eh? Yeah. Um, I think I had a um, one five four that uh, that Mil- Solomon that Milu had given to me. Um, oh. So I rode that the whole time I was there. There was definitely um, catching a lot of nose on some deep power, <laughs> <laughs> riding Harafu. Yeah. Um, but it was sick. Like, uh, you know, the first part of the trip was a lot of power days, and then um, and then we had Spring Park. Uh, I stayed all the way through till spring. Nice, yeah. Um, it's it's fucking crazy how quick spring happens in Harafu. Eh? Yeah, fucking yeah. It's yeah. just a shit ton of snow everywhere, so mm. they can push up a massive park. But um, I don't know what it is about that that light fluffy snow that when it just you know um, when spring comes, it just becomes the stickiest snow on earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get to flat spots, and you basically come to a standstill. Yeah, yeah, good structure over there, eh? Yeah, you need yeah, a good, good structure. Um, so let's take it back a notch there with your Japan trip. Your, what was your impressions of your first proper Japan day? Like, gosh, I, I think I've I've got to say that it was um, down Miharashi off the top of the gondola and dropping down onto the cat track there and. Uh, it's just insane, eh? I'd yeah. never ridden snow that deep before. All my other 
trips had been, you know, park trips. It might have been an odd day at Bear Mountain where there was like six, you know, couple centimetres of power and in New Zealand it's so variable still mm. and you can barely see where you're going because <laughs> yeah. it might be a bit clagged in um, but yeah it was insane eh? I just made me fall in love with with riding power mm. and did you like the culturally wise like was there a bunch of oh shit moments there because I remember the first time I went there and it's like you can get fucking can't corn, yeah, can't corn soup. Yeah, that's fucking hot. <laughs> you know. that, that's got to be the best thing uh, about those um, convenience stores, eh? Is mm. uh, you know hot coffees in a can and mm. and uh, hot lemon drinks as well. Those yeah. little vitamin C ones. Yeah, and um, and and uh, those glass whiskey flasks because <laughs> they're the they're cheaper to drink that than drink beers over there eh? yeah it's crazy eh? yeah yeah and you can still get beers out of the vending machines and shit too like. yeah but beers are exp- beers are expensive over there mm. uh, something like a wheat tax or something all oh, right that makes them more expensive i just remember um, seeing a fucking beer vending machine the first time i was over it's like there's no way that would last five minutes in new zealand nah <laughs> no exactly yeah <laughs> someone needs to get on that <laughs> <laughs> well, at least, at least the, at least the hot can coffees, eh? <laughs> yeah. Like, we need to step it up there for sure. Mm. Um, but, you know, just with, uh, you know, you could go night riding until, you know, nine, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're, you know, you go ride the morning, get fresh tracks, go home, have a nap, eat some, eat some lunch, wake up at like four o'clock or whatever, and then go night riding. Yeah. And, um, lack enough to, you know, score that um, that quad chair next to um, Super Ridge there. Yeah. Had some epic night riding yeah. there um, with uh, Snowy and uh, and Scotty Bolt. So I've got to give them a shout out. Um, and, and Sam Griff and, and some riding with Tom Beatson as well. All oh, right. So Tom was rhythming in the rhythm shop there. Yeah, yeah. Time. Yeah, I think that was maybe his second or third year that he'd started running the workshop over there. Oh, right. And, um, you know, I'd known Tom since um, I'd first got to Queenstown, as most people, most kids do, to break their board and walk in there with a sorry look on their face going, can you fix this for me? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he looked after me back then and, um, you know, we you know knew each other and he'd always help me out each season with um you know broken boards mm. that i bring into his workshop awesome dude eh? and like the board fixer dude yeah like, you've got a broken board or some shit so i was um i was pretty i was pretty over uh working in kitchens by that stage um i didn't want to go back into one mm. um and at the end of that season in japan on my first season in japan sorry i um, approached Tom and uh, and asked him for a job at the workshop. All right. Yeah. And how'd that go? Like, um, how's it working for Tom Beatson? Yes. For my first season, um, I can't. It was probably the least amount of riding I've ever done in a season because um, I was the gro- shop grom. Um, so they put me on day shift. Oh yeah. And they'd go snowboarding all day and, and and come in at three oh they would have four. told you how much of a great day they had too eh? yeah well yeah. absolutely and yeah. um you know in my mind i was like yeah no i just you know i've just got to stick this season out i'll do my riding in spring and um 
you know next season I won't be the shop bitch and I'll get I'll, I'll be able to um, you know work the evenings and go snowboarding every day. Tom's known for um, his uh, offbeat sense of humour a little bit. What's uh, what's an awkward situation he's put you in at work? <laughs> he um, I think um, I, well you know I've got to tell the truth here, but um, probably coming into the workshop stoned. <laughs> for a shift oh you were yeah yeah and um you know that's you know big no and um in his eyes obviously and probably any employer's eyes because you know they want you to be there working 100 percent. and you know he's like a like a like a bloodhound for that shit so mm. he knew straight away because i was you know eyes glazed over and moving a bit slow and he he just pounded me that whole night <laughs> and prob- I think he probably came up to me at the end of the night and said, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, like, he's, you know, with a shop like that, I've heard you talk about, um, you know, before Tom bought it with Rob and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, the, and the stories of, like, um, you know, uh, Rob's attitude... Mm. and uh and the general vibe in the shop and i gotta say and i gotta give it the time that he really has carried that that throw away (laughs) (laughs) rob would be proud (laughs) rob would be proud for sure um yeah you know he he you know backs his work and um and you know the and this and the um quality of work sorry that uh, that shop puts out it's pretty mind blowing some of the stuff. Like I've I've seen him have like boards that are totally folded over. Oh yeah. And you know, boom, off comes the top sheet. Fucking boom, he's in there rebuilding it and then repressing the fucking thing. And yeah. Then, and then homeboy gets like a, the rest of the season out of it at least. You're like, wow, that's yeah, that's some pretty skilled shit. I've seen him and, some patch up some crazy shit, eh? Yeah. And um. You know he's open to uh, to sharing that knowledge with um with anyone that um that wants to know and mm. wants to put in the time. He's not going to you know go tell you know Joe Blog off the street, but um you know if you work underneath him and and spend the time and show him that you're interested in it, he'll take you under his wing. And I'm going to mm. give it to him that he um you know really created a a vibe within the shop of um like brotherhood mm. and um and looking after each other and uh was it was a bit of a hardy crew yeah that era right yeah there's a couple of years with some you know heavy riders um in that shop which um you know carries on that tradition of i've heard um of other uh, other guys on this podcast that have worked in the shop as well yeah i think that was like legs aj and dylan butt yeah all did time in there and it's like that's a fucking heavy yep. lineup to be following yeah right? absolutely yeah um so at the time that i was working in there was probably uh was uh was tj um and mahi and uh a couple overseas guys um ryu chris smith um josh Fawcett, alex coons um but you know, you're on a, on any odd shift, you're looking around. And you're like, shit. Like, we're all like, you know, pretty decent riders in here. Mm. So, I mean, that was cool as well because everyone has sort of the same time off. 
So you yeah. get to go ride as a crew yeah. together too. Right. And you were uh, follow Tom dragging you out to the backcountry. Yeah, that yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's pretty knowledgeable back <laughs> there and, um, you know, shone a light down mm. down that side of things as well for me. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I've seen some, some crazy shit come to that shop that... What's the um, one I heard about a, a ski and redoing the sidewall? Right. Uh, yeah, so uh, some old boy had come in with a brand new set of, um, I've got to say that they're like those cores maybe, mm. and they've got like the really thin sidewall on the tip and tail and uh, and up to the foot and then sidewall just underneath the foot. Mm. And um, the guy had completely blown out on a rock up remarks as you do on a six centimeter powder day up there <laughs> yeah um you always know that it's going to be a busy night when there's five centimeters of snow yeah <laughs> and you're in the <laughs> workshop that night but anyway um yeah this guy had completely blown it out his sidewalls out on both sides and um tom sort of looked it over and was like, oh yeah you know i could probably do something with this and um i can't disclose what he put in there um but he fully fixed this guy's ripped out the sidewall and the sky skis on both sides and and um and fixed it up and the guy came back with that ski and uh said it was riding better than when he first bought it and could you please take the sidewall out of my other ski and do the same thing <laughs> go tom yeah and uh rumor has it that he's uh started pressing his own boards or is on the process of doing that yeah, he wouldn't tell too many people about it, but um, him and uh, uh, Mike Hewlett and um, and Alex um, Berryman bought uh, that old ribcage press um, and shipped it over from Wanaka, like something like six years ago, mm. and that's just been um, sitting, and he's just been tinkering on it and, and getting it to a stage. He um, pressed one solid board, and uh, split board for himself, mm. um, but you know he's just fine tuning it. You no, know, Tom likes to fine tune things a lot nice. before he um, puts it out there. Yeah, he's also busy with all the other shit too. Eh? Yeah, 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 you got to run a full business. Mm. And did this lead you um, going back to working for Tom in Japan? Yep. So um, yeah, Tom invited me to come to Japan after my first season. So I must have you know waxed a few boards all good. <laughs> um, and he said that I was interested to come back so um, yeah I did my first um, working holiday season in Japan did he um, do the hangover punishment of making you go split boarding with him uh, I, sw- I swear he does that when, when he's hungover <laughs> and just punishing dudes uh, well I didn't have a split board back then uh, so nah he was, prob- he was out on his own mission oh. uh, we did a couple days riding um, just up Harafu and, and stuff like that um, but, um, so busy over there. Mm. So, uh, you know, you've got to take the writing and when you can. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, was working with, um, uh, Simon Robertson and, uh, Craig Baker over there and, um, and a couple other boys. So, so like, how was your first season working rhythm in it's, Japan? Like there's, you it was just a, a program of, um, you know, wake up, go snowboarding, um, go home, you know, ride to your doorstep, um, get changed into work clothes and go work the night and then, 
you know, towards the end of the night, start getting on the bears and then go party after that and then <laughs> wake up and do it all again the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a certain period of life where that's a doable thing. Eh? Yeah, I don't think I could do it anymore, but, mm. um, no, it was a great time, eh? Mm. Um, and just, you know, you can't beat it. Just working jobs like that mm. where you um, get to go snowboarding, you know, every day. I like they're, they're the jobs to go for. I always looked at um, you know, lefties on the mountain and went, mm, nah, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> There's way too much time standing there watching other people go snowboarding. Yeah, although I do hear stories of the um, you know, the on the clock runs that happen. Mm. Uh, I was trying to get to the bottom station, but it was um, oh, absolutely. I just accidentally threw went through Arcadia Basin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone gets theirs though, eh? Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta fit it in where you can. Mm. And um, so you mentioned Simon Robinson, and he was a battalion dude, right? Uh, so Simon um, uh, worked with Matt Taylor, um, and uh, I had met Matt, but um, you know Simon was over there, and uh, and I really wanted to um, to make you know stuff happen with my snowboarding, and um, and have. Um, someone to to back me because I knew that I had I, I I was confident sorry that you know I would be able to go and you know ride the features and and, and get and get photos because I've done it before mm. but you really need someone to um to have your back eh yeah and uh you know it was probably um laid into a shift um at rhythm and uh I probably poured my heart out to to poor Simon um, about you know where I wanted to take my snowboarding and um, and uh, if they would give me a chance to um, to ride for Battalion NZ, which um, at the time uh, I think Jack Spence was on the team oh, yeah. and um, Tim Herbert was riding for Lobster. That's right. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, and yeah, so Simon. I was like, yeah, no, I'll talk to Matt and um, and we'll we'll see if we can get you aboard. And uh, I came back uh, that next New Zealand season, and they um, they hooked me up with a snowboard to ride for that season. Yeah, spent a lot of time, um, you know, riding with uh, with Matt Taylor, and uh, you know, he showed me sort of into the a bit more backcountry stuff. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember those uh, mountain approach skis. Yeah. Um, the heaviest things in the world to to carry your snowboard on your back with wooden foldable skis on your feet. Yeah. It's not the most ideal, but, you know, that's all I, you know, he hooked it up with that and um, and showed me into that, a bit more of that riding. Yeah, because I remember he was doing, um, like, the Mount Olympus freeride open and stuff like that. Yeah. That time. Yep. We went and rode um, uh, for f- five days at Olympus, mm. and uh, and did the and did the Mofo. Um, such a sick event. Yeah. If anyone ever has the chance. Yeah, I think Dion was saying it's looking at coming back next year or something. Yeah, if it, yeah, I need to. I need to come back. I um, yeah, I'd love to compete in that again. Mm. And while we're talking about Matt Taylor, there's um. I remember an article on New Zealand snowboarder and you guys were jibbing the old remarks uh, base building. Oh, yeah. So um, this, this was about that time or something, right? Yeah. So it was the last 
we knew it was the last season that that um, old base building was going to be there. Um, and you know, every time that you're riding Shadow, you'd come around the backside of the base building, mm. and uh, there's like the back wall, which was sort of like an elbow, um, with like a concrete creeper down the first part of it. And uh, you know, it's just one of those things that you'd I'd always looked at and gone, I wish I had the opportunity to ride that. Mm. And um, you know, having you know battalion there to help me. And, you know, props to Matt Taylor for, you know, making opportunities like that happen mm. um, for us. It was epic because, um, you know, he organized a meeting with uh, with Ross Lawrence and um, we went and sat down with him and told him what that, what we wanted to do mm. and um, they were chill with it. Um, so uh, who was, it was me, uh, Matt Taylor, uh, Fran McGuire, um sam christie and a couple names that i'm forgetting sorry guys <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, i just remember seeing some sick shots on there it's like rad you know yeah um a, a guy that we met uh, manuel um was shooting that and uh yeah i did a 50 50 creeper to to a wall ride into the landing uh, transition and um uh Matt Taylor did uh, like a wall ride um, on the top, like on the biggest part of the wall, and then landed and into the landing. Mm. And um, Fran was actually wall riding the first part and then into the second part around the like elbow of the of the wall. Oh, real? Um, he oh. did it maybe like four or five times and 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 didn't stick it, but. Um, yeah, that was pretty fucking impressive. Uh, yeah, that is. I remember, um, I'm not sure who the first person to jib that building was, but I've got to give a shout-out to Laura Worley. Oh, yeah. It was the Queenstown um, OG. Yeah, right. And uh, she had to check out a manual backside 50-50, one of those fucking legends. Oh, I that do remember that. Super yeah, narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, backs right up against the wall. I think that's and on the other. That was on the other side of um, the back of that building. Mm. Well, there's a bit of consequence in it and shit too. And was it her? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Right. I feel like it was like um, I was like one of those girls, eh? Yeah, like I'm, Maria or or something. Maybe or like Shelley Gottlieb or. I'm sure it was Laura Worley. Yeah, right. I wouldn't know. I need to dig up those manual magazines and have a look again. Yeah, because there was an edit as well, mm. and those girls were all sessioning that side of the... If, if anyone's listening um, and knows, uh, let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, neither Cause of us... Because we do don't that. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> Battalion and all that, that's, I think, when you first came on my radar was like an Alaska... The Alaska trips. Yes. Um, a year or so later or something. Yeah. Um, so, Mahi had um, gone to Alaska with Colbin, um, photographer, and they'd been over there for about um, six months. And um, Mahi uh, landed the cover of Manual um, that year, which was his first cover. Back through tail or something. Back through tail between like these two like pyramid rocks, mm. um, which is sick. He's all like masked up and. Was that when you had the interview in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had a, the cover in an interview. Yeah. And uh, I was like, right, like, 
I'm, you guys going next year? I'm, I'm coming. And they were like, oh, I don't know if there's space. And I was like, mm, too bad. I just booked my flights. <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I got a, I sat in the back of um, back of it, of uh, Cobbins, like a double, like single cab truck, a cab plus truck. Oh yeah. And uh, put my back up for most of that trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, truck yoga. And um, so how was that? I mean, Alaska is a pretty awe-inspiring place. You put the zap on the head straight away. And... It's massive, man. Mm. Um, just like the mountains over there are huge. Uh, we went up into uh, Colburn um, and another friend of his, um, Jordan and Mahi, uh, took us sledding out into Hatches Pass. All right. Um, we got yeah. pretty deep into the back country and hatches pass and um and build a couple jumps out there um there's some phenomenal terrain out there eh? it's insane eh? it just goes on forever yeah and to think that's just anchorage's playground yeah (laughs) yeah like i mean we went touring out there and there's like we're going past families playing in roasting dishes and shit. Yeah. yeah yeah and like you know pull up to the car park and there's you know 10, 20 sleds in the car park, car park and everyone's just gone out everywhere. Mm. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty sick. And, and as well, you know, the, uh, the bottom part of that people do road runs mm. so you can get dropped at the top and then just to do a road run down to the bottom part of the road and jump back in the, or hitch back up. Um, but yeah, I was, I was absolutely in, in awe. Um, you know, my backcountry skill at the time was, you know, not that great. I had all the equipment. Um, so, you know, Colbin and, and Mahi took me under their wing. And, um, yeah, we had a sick trip. So what's the most psycho thing you see Mahi do there? Because, fuck, he's... He come back from one of those trips with some fucking bonkers shit, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, over there... Oh, so we'd built that, this jump out in Hatches Pass and um you know i had that was probably like one of the first backcountry jump proper backcountry jumps that I've, i'd ever hit i did a, a back seven tail um over it and probably pretty sketchy landing but i rode out and and claimed it <laughs> um and mahi dropped in and um i can't remember where the photos published but he did a uh cab nine japan Holy shit, that's and a he, bit of yoga action there. Yeah, and he went like, you know, 20, 30 foot past where I landed <laughs> <laughs> and stomped it and rode out and, yeah. Fucking hell. Because uh, I think you showed me the cover before of Australian New Zealand snowboarding of that turn above the cliff and you're just like, holy fuck. Yeah, fuck. yeah. Um, you know, I'll let Mahi, hopefully he comes on here one day and tells that story. Mm. Um, but I think that was called the hairy tongue and it was a line. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know where it was, but, um, it was like, you know, glacial ice fall Mm. and he rode, he, he hiked up that. I don't know how the hell he hiked up it because he didn't have crampons or anything with a snowboard and dropped into that and then drops off the end of it, which is like 80 to a hundred foot off the end. And, um, you know, tomahawk back to his feet and rode out. And uh, he told me that they were at the, at the bar, you know, close by that night celebrating. 
and um, all the locals were tripping out that he had ridden that line because no one had ridden that line um, since the end of it had fallen off or the ice fall had fallen off. Fucking hell. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so were you riding much in resorts or anything or was it strictly a backcountry? Nah, I went to um, Alaska and Road Street. <laughs> <laughs> we did like, a little bit in the backcountry, but um, yeah, we mostly rode um, street features, um, which was you know big in its own right. Mm. Um, I hadn't ridden a snowboard in you know three four months coming off a New Zealand winter, so it was in like February March, and um, we drove through. Um, I'm, I'm going to forget the name of the place. Anyway, we drove through to this um, to this spot, which was like a, a steep concrete bank with like a, you know, four or five metre drop into it. Mm. Um, it's, a, it's in like a couple edits of guys coming down and like doing cab to sev like front boards down, down it. I just did a like a backside shifty into it. Mm. Um, and, and I think I did a cab one into it as well but the photo that was ended up being published was that backside shifty but I was so scared man yeah it was yeah brutal to to come in and, and not be on a snowboard and that's the first thing you're going to drop into yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um, I mean because there, there are some pretty heavy street spots there yeah and um, not much daylight and shit so it was mainly like night raids uh, well, this was uh, a little bit later into their season, so there's a little bit more sunlight um, at that time of year. But um, yeah, a lot of spots that you'll turn up to and be like, holy shit, like, you know, this crew came here and filmed this and this, you know, big American pro did this trick. Are we really going to hit it as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a lot of like, you know, navigating like those spots um was there much you know like you're snowboarding in the city on you know it's semi-illegal somewhat with shall we say frowned upon do you have many run-ins with the law or citizens of the day or uh not on that first trip hey i know but um on the on the second trip um we were hitting like a carport um like balcony sort of rail that this natural snowbank had like been pushed up um probably by like a loader or something and um there was like apartments all around it and uh some lady had come out some karen had come out and and told us off and told her and was filming us with her iphone and um said that she'd call the cops so we you know packed up the drop-in and and everything and by the time we packed up the drop-in and run across the road the police were turning up and we left sort of at that same time mm. but i think they had a description of like what our car was and we were you know they'd, they'd taken this road and we'd gone a block down and taken that road and we're driving down boost like boosting and i just keep seeing these the cop cars on the other side of the block like <laughs> as we're going through each light and then you know we turned away and and went to probably a taco bell and and head out there for for half an hour and then probably went home. <laughs> yeah. this is, I mean, dropping rams don't seem like a thing you can hastily pack away and shit, right? That's... Oh, they'd had this thing pretty dialed in because, oh, yeah. you know, that's what they do, you know, do over there. 
mm. a little like a couple of local crews. Mm. And did you know you were going to get a cover in an interview with Manuel on the first trip? No idea. No. Um, so we the the photo that well the feature that is that cover um, was a like a glacial iceberg out on uh, a glacial lake in Valdez, I think off Valdez Glacier actually. And um, Colbin had gone there like maybe three or four years before and looked, like the same feature looked totally different. It was, it had all melted away and um, there was like a, you know, a big bank on the left-hand side with like a, you know, flat enough drop-in at the top. And um, luckily for me, Mahi was um, injured at the time. He'd um, broken like a rib. Oh, yeah. He'd hit this massive kink rail and um come off the flat of the of the kink and uh tacoed the last flat at the bottom so he'd gone like down 20 stairs straight to his ribs so yeah he was out so um it was up to me to to land a trick on this thing and i battled that and it was soaking wet the snow was slushy you're walking back up to the top of it and like boot boot deep slush on the oh. glacial lake, yeah. um, and probably took me like twenty tries. Fuck, that's um, a that's an energy zapper that one. Isn't yeah, it? but you know yeah. when you know in that situation you you know you want that so badly. Mm. So I just kept on punishing myself into this steep icy wall, um, but. Uh, New Zealand snowboarding Instagram had popped up at that time, um, like maybe a year or two before, and uh, I woke up um, that morning and they had put up a photo of the cover of Manual. Uh, it must have been Jay or something that put that up. And, um, he must have been pretty hyped for me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I was tripping. Brilliant. I was absolutely tripping on it and. Um, and they had a, um, I think Corona and Manuel had like a little party. Uh, I think maybe Vaughan Brookfield and stuff had some like photos um, on display at this little gallery at um, Fluid Studio right. um, over in over in Queenstown. And um, so I got a, got a little party for nice. my cover. <laughs> Not wasn't for me, but you know, yeah. my you know they had copies of the magazine there and free Coronas. I was pumped Sick. <laughs> <laughs> and you have much um running with injuries or that sort of thing well on that trip but just in general is uh, anything that's sort of stuck out yeah i um i broke my ankle maybe three four years ago now in middle oh. of summer um skateboarding in Aerotown. Um, we won't go on that too much because I suck at skateboarding and I shouldn't have been there. That, that park's not that great anymore anyway. Nah. Like it's pretty... But I, I pretty yeah. savagely um, broke my ankle um, then and uh, and uh, had a lot of rehab to do through summer to make sure that I was back on a snowboard by um, by the next winter. And, um, you know, injuries suck, but they teach you a lot mm. about looking after yourself and um and staying fit and um making sure that 
your body's in a condition where that's not going to happen again, eh? Yeah, you sort of find out how hungry, how much work you want to put in for oh, being yeah. able to shred it. Yeah, absolutely, mm. eh? And I had to say that sometimes with that one, I fucking miss the mark and don't put in the work and I'm fucking yeah. lazy on it and I pay for it too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other injury that I would have had and when I was too young to, um, to care about doing rehab, uh, my AC joint in my shoulder. Oh, yeah. Um, put that out. I'll show you, and everyone else can hear about it. Whoa, fuck. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, so I've got one ligament holding that together. Um, lucky, you know, you can build muscle around that. Mm. Um, and then more recently, I um, decided it was a good idea early season, two seasons ago now, to um, ollie from the top of Heidi's hut rail to the bottom of Heidi's hut rail down the bank to a picnic table mm. um overshot the picnic table and sort of slapped my tail on the end of the picnic table and it sent me back seat and my knee just oh yeah acl yeah. went um it must have been a partial tear because um you know i was back on a board two weeks later mm. and uh later on in that season in spring writing up remarks i overshot a jump and uh finished the job off Right, and surgery and shit then? Uh, so waited out surgery um, until like the following, end of the following summer, uh, mm. which was, you know, last, start of last season. Um, I had surgery then and missed out on last season. Mm. Um, not, not a bad one to miss out on if my memory serves me right. We all missed out on the best part. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, they're all good seasons yeah. though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty... You know, mm. not that I was happy that no one else could go riding, but mm. uh, it made it a little bit easier that I couldn't the whole <laughs> season. Eh? <laughs> yeah. um, we forgot to sort of mention the brains behind your Alaskan trip, which was a big sort of help pivot a bit of your snowboarding to be a lot more people's attention. Yeah, was the guy Colbin. Uh, so how did he come to the picture? Um, so uh, Colbin um, is from Alaska. He's from Anchorage in Alaska, and uh, he came over um, in 2010 um, on the first season that I did there, and um, and and rode remarks, and uh, and uh, lived with Shaden as well um, in that season. And you'd see her, I'd, you know, I'd, we didn't ride together like that much on that first season, but you know, we'd hang out from time to time, and I'd always, you'd always see him up the mountain. Um, no goggles on, like on a whiteout day, and like you know, kind of snowing. But he's from Alaska, and that's how he's just done it his whole mm. life. Um, and we was, and he came back and did um, you know, two or three seasons after that, and worked at the at the snowboard workshop as well. Um, and we just you know always kept in touch because uh, he's you know such a such a solid dude. Mm. Um, and he got really into photography. Um, I think he actually shot that ledge photo. I think in the um, description it says Lockie Sutherland, but mm. I'm pretty sure he'd grabbed the camera off Lockie and shot it himself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think Lockie was that stoked about that. But, um, yeah, from there, um, you know, as I said before, Mahi had gone over there to, to shoot with him because um, Colby was... You know really get into his photography and at that time as well 
magazines were still a thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, there was a space um, to have your work published. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't that many pe- people out shooting that sort of stuff. Um, so there was an opportunity there that he had seen and we had seen. So we sort of just, you know, connected over that. Um, he, um, he invited me back after the, our first trip. Um, he called me up a couple weeks out from Christmas and said that there was like a storm coming. It was, um, gonna, you know, give enough snow over Anchorage and Fairbanks and that. And, um, did I want to come, um, by the way, you're leaving the week before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm booking your flights right now. Um, so yeah, he really made that happen. Mm. Um, you know, what he got out of it was, you know, to sell his snowboard photography, Mm. um, to New Zealand snowboarder and manual and transfer as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would, wouldn't have really had much of a career or any of that to happen without him. So I really owe a lot to him for that. Mm. So he's still kicking around Alaska these yep. days. Then? He's um he's still in Anchorage in Alaska. Um, I think he just bought a bought a house a couple of years back, and he's been refurbishing it. Um, but yeah, man, I miss that guy. Eh? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. And uh, how did sledding get into the picture? So it's something we've seen a bit more of you on the Instagram side of things now. Yeah. So um. You know, we did that bit of sledding in, in Alaska and in Hatches Pass. And, uh, you know, was, mine was just blown that, you know, you could turn up to a feature and, you know, get dropped off at the top of it with a snowmobile, ride the feature, come to the bottom, someone pick you back up and take you to the top. Mm. Um, and just sort of was fixated on being able to do that in New Zealand. And I knew that it was possible because, um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, like Rebecca Hollis and that kind of stuff mm. uh, did that Sled to Summit series. Yeah. Um, so I knew that there was land available to go sledding um, and just sort of sat on it and waited until um, something popped up and uh, Jens from Site Trampoline uh, was selling a sled and uh, and... Oh, so no, sorry. He had a sled, and I, we, me and Matt Taylor had always sort of said to him, like, you know, if you ever come to sell that, just like hit us up. And you know, one day he did. So we went halves in that together, and um, got into, you know, a lot of riding in the in the Pisa range and um, down in Garston. Oh, nice, yeah. And uh, it sort of just changed our um, perspective on on riding in New Zealand. Uh, sort so of you find it opened a lot more up for you or yeah absolutely yeah and um sort of made it possible to um to, to go free riding without having to walk back up the hill or yeah. ride a split board you know yeah um and there's insane terrain out there mm. um the conditions are often pretty like terrible mm. um but you know if a couple of days are a year it's pretty good or if you wait until it's slushy in the afternoon you can you know build a hit mm. <clears throat> how do you go with access like farmers and that sort of stuff yeah so you know it's got to be on private land you can't snowmobile on dock land mm. um 
so yeah you just have to get in touch with the right people um fortunately there's been like a bit of a sled club open up between um uh queensland and wanaka oh yeah um ben ski patrol up um cadrona ben bland ben bland yeah sorry ben bland. so um ben bland the uh, all hail the president of the um of alpine access uh, snowmobile club um really you know led has led the charge to help open up um terrain for people that are keen to get out snowmobiling um and also um the patterson family um that own uh, rob rose's station jp jp, JP. yeah yo it's yeah. jp yeah um Who's a patroller up Cadrona yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have that and um, we used to have a bit of space to ride down in Garston through um, through the farmer down there, but that's all closed up now. Is that the snow motor place? Yeah, that's where snow motor runs out of, mm. which is epic in there. They should be, I'm, I'm sure they're absolutely stoked to have all that terrain out there because it's mm. epic. I mean, digs froths on it. Eh? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I was, I'm always watching his stories, yeah. just going, shit, I wish I was out there. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. they get quite a bit of snow down there, right? Like, um, it's a little south facing. Yeah, it, yeah. And all those storms that come in sort of. That's the first part. Yeah. Yeah. Hits, hits that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, P-Dogs, if you can get me back in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to go sledding and, and build some jumps out there again. Yeah. Maybe maybe you have to ride a snow motor out to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but now nah, snowmobiling is sick and um as I said before you can just session features and um it really helps bring like a a freestyle element to to free riding and lets mm. you focus on that a bit more because you know, you can just get dropped back up at the top of that cliff if you didn't land it and try again until you do. Yeah, because it's a huge day if you're hiking back up. Oh, yeah. 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 Even, like, backcountry kickers back in the day, like, fucking <laughs> hiking, you know, <laughs> you've done a full day's work when you're not landing yeah. that shit. And, and as well, it, like, lets you, um, you know, have the time to to get the perspective from different angles mm. um, and get to, to terrain. Because uh, everything looks different from when you're standing on top of it to 100 meters away. Yeah, there's been plenty of times where you where I've turned up to a spot and been like, "Yep, yeah, we're gonna build a jump here," and you get up on top of it after like an hour or two of digging, and you're like, "Ah, oh, that landing's pretty flat, eh?" <laughs> Wow, there's a rock in the landing. Yeah, there's a rock in the landing. Mm. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, no, that doesn't work mm. at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's something I wanted to ask you about. So I remember vaguely in the final um, days of New Zealand snowboarding that a trip to Round Hill uh, with Phil Erickson and Will Jackways. Yeah, like snow to the valley floor sort of thing. Yeah. Like, so um, uh, def- definitely wasn't me that had seen that snow on the forecast, um, but Phil was down here um uh already and uh you know that sort of that snow came and um again matt taylor um sussed it out and was in communication with phil and we met um phil and will phil and will Will (laughs) at at round hill and oh sorry in tekapo and we rode um the backside of round hill for like three days and uh i'll never forget that trip eh 
yeah. it was like uh, 50 60 centimeters on the back side and gets a lot of shade on the back side i don't know what's which way it faces um but the snow was cooked on the main face mm. but on the back side it was three days later still 50 60 centimeters of dry power wow i mean fucking it doesn't happen too often those sort of dumps I think that was the same time we went to Dobson, like, that day. Yeah. Like 60 centimetres of Dobson, let's go. Like, yeah, absolutely. you got to hit those strike missions, eh? Yeah. Um, but, like, riding with um, with Will was, you know, I sort of just stepped, sat back and <laughs> watched and did a couple power turns and yeah. watched him just, like, you know, dial in spots and, um, yeah. So was that the first time you've ridden with him? Yeah, oh. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so seeing that in person is quite something, eh? Like, yeah. 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 That, so, yeah, that was the first time I'd ever ridden with Will and probably the only time bar seeing him up Kadrona. But um, i got to kick it back to the story because otherwise Willie Beggs will not be happy with me if I don't tell it. Okay. Um, but um, back when I was uh, doing, you know, trips to Mount Ropehu, um, there was a peanut butter rail jam on that... Uh, yeah at two rods nice, yeah and um like the whole vulcan team at the time which i don't sorry i don't know who was on it was that being quentin might have been a little bit later than that oh, so will definitely will, yep jj nah before jj fuck so well maybe jj might have been there i don't so, know he would have like, been such a grommy though marcus will as well yeah uh, i think there was would have been like was there's a couple of chicks as well that were sponsored so by Christy Vulcan. was on Vulcan for a bunch. Yeah, she she was probably there. Because I remember there was this era of Quentin Robbins, Will J, Marcus Whirl. Yeah, that was pretty. You're cool. right. I don't. Well, I was such a grom. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who all these people were. Mm. But um, anyway, there was a party at um at a house like the day before, the night before the event, and um and Willie Beggs shout out to Willie, was, um, was, uh, going around to everybody going, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you swim across the, um, the pond outside of the house naked. It was like in the middle of the night and like minus two or three degrees. How big's the pond? Oh, probably would have been like the part that I swam across was probably like a hundred meters. Okay. And, uh, I didn't say yes, but my friend Jason um, said yes, that I would do it. And from then, it was just peer pressure from him and Willie to, to go do this in front of, like, you know, all this crew that were there. There's some heavy names. <laughs> and I, I, stood, I did it. I swam across the um, across the lake, and, uh, and Willie, <laughs> Willie gave me a, um, a Nixon watch. I never got the hundred bucks, Willie. And uh, yeah, I'll still be waiting for that. <laughs> I just got to quickly give a shout out to Willie though, because um, you know me and him had our run-ins from time to time when I was uh, a little grommy at Snow Planet. And um, another on another note, uh, there's that Takapuna Rail Jam, and uh, we were, everyone was setting it up during the day for that night. Mm. And I had told my mum that in order for me to ride at the event that I needed to be there shoveling snow. Mm. And my mum like, wasn't having a bar of that. And uh, 
got asked me for Willie's phone number and got Willie's phone number and then got on the phone to him and barked down the phone at him that why does my son need to be there to help shovel snow righty righty rah and it was a complete lie that I just wanted to leave school early to, <laughs> to go to the to, you know to go to to the rail jam and uh, so Willie was on the phone just fully confused at the situation like why am I being like told off by this lady and uh, he's never let me live it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so cheers, Willie. Yeah. <laughs> well, he helped down the, um, the North Island scene for quite a bit there, eh? Well, yeah. A bit of a figure up that way. Yeah, if there was an event on, he was um, the man on the microphone. Yeah. I think um, Jay did a bit of emceeing as well. Um, Bert and Jay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so the two of them together could be quite a uh, good combo. Yeah, 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 absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Um, and because I've, I've completely forgotten, um, you know, guys around riding Royal Pay who at that time uh, got to mention Tom Battersby. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Tom the Baptist Battersby. Well, he had, um, you know, like a Snowboarders for Christ. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of crew, and they would go to ride Royal Pay who every weekend. Um, and, uh, Colin Bartlett as well yeah um but before that you know heavy rider Mm. um you know riding street rails over in the states but um you know those guys held it down at Royal Pehu for like a long time yeah while everyone else was coming down this way yeah yeah they knew how good they had it up there right I've seen um, lately that you've been a bit more actively involved in the New Zealand snowboarding Instagram page can you tell us a bit about what that is yeah, so I've been helping out with an uh, Instagram page, um, New Zealand Snowboarding. It's kind of like the new home for New Zealand Snowboarding and New Zealand Snowboarders. Yeah, so sort of taking off where the magazines sort of left off from? Yeah, I reckon so. It's just like, you know, day-to-day posting of, of what kids are out there doing and videos and photos. It's really just like an open platform for anyone to get involved with. Cool, and how did you get involved with that? Uh, a couple of years back, um, Alex, uh, aka Cheddar Conda, uh, got me on board. I uh, just sort of finished trying to help out with New Zealand Snowboarder, but um, was looking to continue within snow within snowboarding media. Um, and yeah, he asked the guys if I could get involved at the same time as um, getting other people involved from around the country, so that we could all contribute. Um, at the same time. Oh, so it's actually a nationwide thing, this whole... Yeah, so there's about, um, there's quite a few of us. There's Jay Smith, Nick Hine, and Ben Parry who started it. And uh, and then, obviously, Alex, uh, Chris Neve, who's up at Hutt. Um, Jack Spence over here in Wanaka uh, and Cadrona. The ambassador himself. <laughs> <laughs> and Nick Love. Nick Love. Uh, up in Upper Rural Pehu. Oh, sweet. So he covers the North Island, and then, yeah, we've sort of got one person in each spot um, oh, cool. around the country. And um, so New Zealand snowboarding also last year, by the looks of it, um, I think you're a big part of it, brought back print media for a hot minute there. Yeah, yeah, so we launched um, a, uh, a a photo book uh, off the back of the, of the photo challenge that we did. Um, so what was the, what's the story behind the photo challenge? 
Uh, well, the photo challenge uh, for me was really to, you know, sort of see who was out there and shooting and who and who wanted to like to get shots really um sort of with social media being quite oversaturated you know it's quite easy to to skim over stuff and mm. not you know recognize who took the photo or who's in the photo because you've just got th- so much stuff thrown at you scrolling away yeah all right and um was there some um writers and photographers that stood out got your attention yeah for sure um damn that's a hard question to answer because mm. i mean there's you know dozens of people that helped contribute to that mm. photo challenge we had like over a hundred um entries to it in the first year mm. um i mean I, I was blown away with that book um about just how many um people were still out there shooting because i didn't think people were yeah and, and then how many people i they're all names I didn't know. Like, yeah. Oh, no way. But they're still doing it. Brad, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we we I mean we had that photo challenge sort of sitting there, and I was like, you know, shit, this could be you know put into a gallery, and just be like a photo book for itself. Um, and then I sort of realised that it needed to be sort of filled out with some words and maybe a, a few articles and stuff like it used to be in the in the old days mm. um and how was that um how was the f- response yeah it was epic yeah. um we sold about 200 copies in the first 48 hours and that sort of made me realize how thirsty people were for media outside of you know what's on your phone yeah and do you think this would be sort of an annual thing with the book and yeah, we're really hoping to, to make it an annual thing. Um, I'd really like to to bring that back, you know, to New Zealand snowboarding community and help riders sort of, you know, that are younger to recognise that at the end of the day, if you know, to have something physical mm. to show for themselves when they grow up to their kids to, you know, instill the stoke for their kids. Mm. and um you know for generations to come because but there is just something about a good still shot that you you put on the wall or whatnot yeah you know there's a lot of a lot of power behind that still and that stuff that you know like you and me had in our childhood that Mm. we treasure you know i look around this room and i see you know posters that have come from all those magazines yeah yeah. you know (laughs) that stuff that you collect yeah you know you apart from what's on your feed the only way to like get to someone else's stuff is to remember who that person is and to go to their feed Mm. and then you know it's gone you're back on your home screen it was rad to see um i think this this year being you know like say this this photo book came out in 2021 yep and so the season of 2021 it was rare to see there's quite a few people suddenly on the mission, oh, let's get photos. And then Brent's screen, I'm referring to you specifically. Um, but it was cool to see people suddenly get this desire to start documenting their shit for something more meaningful than just the old Instagram post. Yeah, and that um, was, you know, kind of the intention as well, was to inspire people to um, to get out there and, and start doing that. Um, you know, snowboarding 
is taxing on a rider and you're not going to go step to like a big feature if there isn't someone there to like to document it mm. and why not document it like you know in a in a great form mm. uh you know as i said before like growing up we idolized you know the the guys in the magazines Mm. and i idolize like snowboard photography as you know creative um it'll you know it just gives a place for for people to you know have their work uh, so who was in, involved with the book as well was it more than just the snowboarding new zealand snowboarding crew yeah so um troy troy won the um the the photo comp um and then soon after that he you know he's a good friend of mine after I'd realized that we could make a book, I approached him because I knew that he had the skill set to help me create it. Mm. You know, I have, I had all these photos sitting here, but what's good, you know, I've got all these photos sitting here, but I don't know how to put them into, into a format of like a book. Yeah. But Troy has that eye and that skill set through his photography to make that happen. Uh, so he came on board even though he won it <laughs> and, and you know helped me out do that um we're in the process of at the moment of of creating the second issue which i'm i'm really excited about because um you know it's a step forward um from the last one to dive deeper into it and look back at what we did wrong and what we did right and and carry it forward sweet yeah so you you know you're gonna see a lot more like a lot more photos in the gallery which are of a higher quality than they were last season because you know people sort of wrap their head around like you know getting out there with their mates i feel mm. and um yeah the level this year was sick mm. by, and by the time we um put this podcast out we'll probably know who already's got the cover shot yeah <laughs> you got to keep that one secret for yeah. as long as you can because um i feel like that builds the hype mm. behind today yeah brent like he probably got like the most photos out of like any rider that sort of into that he was out there a lot and he's, and he's pushing 50 too yeah you know, yeah and that's sick stuff. that's rad eh? and like i feel like a guy like that has you know having your work published for him is like something that he aspired to when he was younger i don't know if he had shots published or not he had when a he couple of manual new zealand snowboarder really yeah. iconic uh Ra bridge jib yeah right yeah he's probably chasing that cover though mm. you know what i mean mm. and that's like a, a goal for a lot of riders is to mm. is to get a cover oh, come on brent let's see what you got this year mate he was so close yeah this year it's um it's a shame that they didn't have like sort of the right lighting and the shot that i would have picked to be cover if you know if the lighting was better then it probably would have been but it was sort of like a dull day right um and you need like you know to take a few boxes for mm. a cover is like you know magical lighting the rider in the right spot and like a you know creative angle that's going to put the rider in the top mm. right hand corner yeah you know like that one and and that one and up the top and yeah yeah and it's not all about the hammers either and get a good creative shot that would still be a contender for at least getting published in there yeah totally sort of thing yeah absolutely so is, is that a kind of thing that just opens up to more than just the pros then yeah for sure which, 
Yeah. And and that's what I mean by by it being like an open platform mm. is that you know you don't have to be the best writer and I don't think everyone should strive to be the best writer because that sort of you know pigeonholes everyone into just writing competitions mm. which you know you see a lot of at the moment yeah because that's the only platform that people have to express themselves through snowboarding yeah and, you know competitions and social media yeah it's interesting how the sort of the media side of snowboarding which was such a big deal can't really seem to sustain unless you're a certain level of pro it's kind of unsustainable yeah it's all yeah for sure and you, you know you look back in in all the old magazines and it was you know only pros mm. but like you know who's to say that you know someone who's creative with the with the camera like can't you know take a shot like you were showing me before of the guy going through the pond skim with yeah. the sunset was that that was robert robert yeah yeah who was it was it tim, tim, was, tim yeah. pierce yep. and you know that stuff's special in itself because it's creative yeah um and that was a contents and manual that shot yeah you know which of the contents page is kind of a big a big thing too yeah and Speaking of um, photos, I'm hoping you might be able to talk a bit about one of my favourite pictures that was taken of you uh, and you're ollieing the uh, Sugar Bowl cheerlift base. Yeah. So, you know when you you know you're up up the mountain and you and you look at that one thing and you look at it for years and you go one day mm. like I'm gonna hit that. Mm. And then, um, you know, we found out that they were gonna tear that cheerlift down and replace it with a new high-speed six-seater that's in there at the moment. Mm. And I was like, right, you know, it's on. Like, we have to do it now because next year it's not going to be there. Mm. Um, and my good friend Manuel is uh, a photographer from Brazil, actually. He's a skateboard photographer. He sort of threw himself in the deep end with, like, New Zealand snowboarding and um, and and brought his skateboard photography to, to that. So um, we went up... Um, it was post season. It was oh. probably in October, so the the whole mountain had shut, and um, we just me and him just went up there by ourselves, and I had it like, you know, five or six times, and instead of did an ollie and rags. I guess you got all the run up speed you could ever want with that big slope behind you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I um, definitely took my fair fair share of stacks because the transition is like you know quite steep on either side and it's only about this table width in the middle so you really had to pop like quite high to like catch the transition so on the other catching side. the transition of using the the hut steel as the transition yeah yeah and take off as well take off as well fucking hell yeah i mean that's another that's the extra level of because it was a corrugated shit too right yeah 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 Fuck, yeah bro. it's like that paneling that's like you know i don't know 300 wide mm. um so you're sort of picking one to like to shoot up yeah and then shoot down the other side i definitely had some good stacks on that i think i cut my hand on the roof yeah. and i hit it once with no gloves on but um i think like a you know from you know reading magazines as a grom and you know look flicking through new zealand snowboarder um and manual magazine you kind of look you want to look for those features that mm. are unique and aren't going to be there forever mm. um yes. and they sort of document like the season that was mm. um because you can you know look at that photo of 
that chairlift and be like you know someone in five years might be like where the where the hell is this yeah like you be like, oh that's the old sugar chair mm. this is the last year that they had it on yeah and yeah i mean it's all that sort of history is so we're looking at a picture of connor harding doing a lip slide on a chairlift tower at cadrona yeah that was um all stacked up because they were going to build the valley view chairlift the next summer it was like yep. well, that puts a stamp on it that was about 09 then yeah exactly Rad, you know yeah yeah. yeah, and that's the same with like the the base building, the old base building that we oh, spoke the about earlier. Oh, the buildings. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we already spoke about that in the in the. In oh, yes, but yeah. like you know, that's the same thing as they were going to tear it down. Better hit it now mm. because it's not going to be there next year. Yeah, and I mean that that had been hit by a lot of crew over the years. Mm. Phil Erickson was actually there as well. Oh yeah. I'm um, helping Manuel shoot it. Oh, because it ended up in New Zealand snowboarder, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right. There's a shot of Matt Taylor wall riding it, shot of me just about to come into the transition off of the um, like the creeper um, ledge, and then a shot of Sam Christie um, doing a 50-50 front side 180. He grabs Melon. Most of us sort of know um, you've been sort of coming back from an ACL rupture, and we're able to talk about that for a bit. Yeah, for sure. So how did the how did it happen to start with? Uh, well, yet again, I was, you know, found a an un, an unusual feature. Um, I was gapping from the um, the sort of top platform of of Heidi's hut down to the bottom of the stair set next to it and I set a picnic table up oh yeah in the landing and uh, I came in you know I hit it the first time and landed on the picnic table sweet and rode out and I came in to do like a backside shifty over it and I came in a little bit faster than I did the first time and my tail slapped um, the end of the table and basically overshot it and I slipped out of my my um my left knee gave out on the landing, sort of twisted and oh, right. side note. So it was a full rupture. I uh, so I, I think I partially tore it then, and then I uh, I rode for the rest of the season in a knee brace, um, and one day in spring I overshot a jump on water race up Remarks Park, Hi. and finished it off. All oh, right. Was that that classic jump down low that's claimed a lot of knees in the park? Uh, no, nah, it was, was like it? a, it was like a hip set up on the right. So you have the main water ice jump, mm. and you come down into this hip on the right hand side of the run, and it was sort of built into the bank. Oh yeah. But what had happened is a lot of snow overnight had been blowing into it, and it flattened out the transition of the landing. And I hadn't realised that. So I just went too far right and basically landed like uphill into the bank and um and yeah, completely tore it. Right. Oh man, and yeah. And how's the um recovery been going? I'm I'm guessing you got surgery and whatnot. Yes, yeah, so I had um surgery um in oh the thirtieth of May uh, two thousand and twenty one was my surgery date. And it's been a long road, eh? Yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a year on now when we're recording this. And um, I've, you know, basically dedicated, like, 
a lot of my summer to to getting in the gym and, and rehabbing it so that I can come back this season, mm. you know, stronger than before. And how are you feeling? Yeah, like feeling you're... great. Yeah, feeling like I've, you know, put a lot of work in. Um, so you'll be able to come back with the strength and still handle jibs and features yeah. sort of thing? Yeah, I'm hoping so. Hoping to, you know, take a couple flat landings here and there when I need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I feel really really lucky because um you know like the the people and the brands and my partner have really like stuck with me through it probably you know nagged my partner holly a little bit too much through it she's probably got a bit sick of me you know barking orders from the couch (laughs) patience of a saint yeah absolutely yeah she's my rock Mm -hmm. um but no like um you know border town of continued to to help me out with um battalion snowboards and um i just got you know fresh shipment of spy goggles and sunnies through and um yeah i just feel like super fortunate to be able to have that like a full year off last mm. winter and you know have people still back me still- um you know i feel super fortunate today eh? so what was involved with the rehab once a week with um uh, osteopath um sort of you know manipulating not only like my knee but all the muscles you know down that full side of my body that um you know in that chain link so you know i don't have a sore back or (laughs) or something like that um and a lot of squats (laughs) yeah a lot of you know just rebuilding like all the muscles that you know you don't use for for so long yeah um when you can't use your knee properly yeah and um and how was the surgery (laughs) it was good um i had my surgeon was hamish love the the Um, love doctor i'm gonna go and see him in december yeah he's a Mm. pro um i had they took out a bit of my pcl like the the middle third of it and and attached that for my acl um I, he came and saw me the you know day after surgery for you know to check that everything was all good and check out how my knee was there he, was, he turned up in um like a cycling uniform <laughs> was there for about five minutes and then was like i'm out of here i'm gonna go go cycling <laughs> <laughs> well it's uh it's nice when your surgeon gets it then yeah you know. <laughs> yeah oh, i just think that like like injuries like that you know you can let it get you down but it i don't know it gives you kind of gives you that fire and that and that burn and that motivation to like to get back to it it's almost a season off it's not the worst thing in the world sometimes no fire under your ass no it gives you like a a fresh sort of perspective on things like um i spent a lot of last season um luckily up in the up in the Pisa range on my snowmobile running my mates around and watching them hit jumps Mm. sort of egging them into stuff that they they probably didn't want to do (laughs) um so i've got you know a bit of pressure on myself this season to to you know back up the stuff that i probably said that i would have done (laughs) (laughs) there's something i forgot to ask you about um that i'm hoping we can sort of bring back in is um a story about ghost riding the whip in alaska (laughs) um so we were driving from Anchorage to Valdez. This is on the first trip. 
um, that we that we took over there. And um, Colby and Mahi were in the car ahead, in his truck ahead, sorry, <clears throat> with the snowmobile attached to back of their whip. And uh, I was in the whip with one of Colby's friends, Jordan, and um, we are looking outside and I hadn't seen the um, Aurora Borealis before the song uh, Ghost Ride the Whip came on. <laughs> uh, so we decided to, to get out of the car and Ghost Ride the Whip. So we had, you know, you know, nice and big American truck, snowmobile in the back, and we're just walking down it in dead of the night, um, watching the Aurora Borealis <laughs> pop off above well, us. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of equipment on the back that can, you know, if it went wrong. Yeah. Yeah, it was like one of those really long, like straight, like American roads that you can, can see. Mm. Um, for some reason, Colby had decided that we needed to leave Anchorage at like midnight to drive to Valdez so we woke up in Thompson Pass sorry we got to Thompson Pass at about like four or five o'clock in the morning and slept in the in the trucks <laughs> and woke up in Thompson Pass sort of looking around going what the fuck where the fuck are we yeah um yeah yeah, yeah, no, that was that was a crack up. That's a pretty impressive view to wake up to Thompson Pass. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful there. Eh? Yeah, how's that drive into Valdez when you can kind of see why they have all the avalanche problems when you drive under those cliffs there? Yeah, like, fuck, this would just fill up. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a bowl, eh? Yeah. Was it um, is that waterfall? Is it is it horsetail? I can't remember. Falls, I don't know. It's yeah. beautiful through there, though, eh? Mm. We're sort of starting to head um, head towards the end of this. Uh, have you got any advice for aspiring shredders? Um, shit, that's a that's a heavy question, eh? Because um, yeah, I would say um, you know find uh, your niche and find your own style, and just um, you know commit to that. Um, I think it it really really shows and you know some of the writers that that stand out at the moment they you know they're doing their own thing and uh, doing it with their own style mm. and um, those are the guys that are going to be on on top mm. and speaking of which what's your um, thoughts of snowboarding today um i think it's i think it's real different hey to when to when i grew up and got into it um I feel like it might be and feel like a little bit more out of reach mm. for um for people for, for teenagers and kids. Uh the barrier to entry is is pretty high. Um and you know, as we said before, Naughty Run's looking at doing the biggest spin on a park jump on a mm. flat white out day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so I think that uh, you know we need to create opportunities for for more people to mm. um, to get their writing out there and mm. and that I think that answers that. Eh? Yeah. And is there any um, writers that um, at the moment that uh, have taken your fancy? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um, I've got to give it up to to Rocco. Mm. He um, he kills it. Eh? Yeah. And um, you know. Mad respect to Carlos as well for what he's done with his writing, 
and and JJ and and all those guys and uh, Liam Wiley, yeah, as well. Liam, yep. And um, I wish that he would still snowboard. Well, I'm sure he does from time to time. But Sam Christie as well. Um, that kid is an absolute talent, and I'd love to see him back on a snowboard. Here we go, Sam. It's it's been thrown out there. <laughs> um, who else though? Uh, uh, Otto uh, Higuchi. Um, he rides at Remarks. He's got you know some sick style, and uh, and you know really solid tricks. Um, and then another kid coming out of um, that came out of Remarks. Cool. She rips as well. Mm. Um, yeah, who else? Yeah, she's been making a bit of a name for herself leading up to the Olympics. Yeah, in a way she's got a bit more of people's attention. Yeah, she she's she's mm. been an amazing rider, and um, you know her her brothers as well. I'm sure pushed her. Um, yeah, Rousse. Rousse. Yeah, yeah. I always remember Rousse winning um, uh, the stash gathering a couple of years back. He did like a back flip to knuckle to front flip or, or the other way no yeah no that way yeah fucking hell um and yeah good style and rips mm. and rips on a skateboard as amazing well amazing skateboarder too yeah oh, cool well before we head into our enders is there some thank yous and shout outs you'd like to give out um yeah um i just want to thank you know all the people that um i've got to spend a day on a snowboard with in the mountains um anyone that's uh you know looked after me um when i was younger and taken me snowboarding as well um really a lot to to those people thank you tony um one for having me on here and um letting me share my story um and also you know covering um the sort of history of everyone's history that's um that's been on this podcast and, and will be on this podcast in future. I think it's a, a really important thing to have. Um, and without it, you know, we would lose the stories and the, and the gritty stuff that, um, that makes us New Zealand snowboarders. Yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you. Cheers, bro. Also like to thank, uh, <laughs> um, Kadrona's marketing team for, um, for making Kadrona and Treble Cone look so good so that we can keep Remarks and Coronet Peak quiet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's funny how that's flipped around. Yeah. Because when I started at Kadrona, um, during the school holidays, it'd be like, Coronet would be insane. And we'd always be like, fuck, let's not like those guys over there, you know. And yeah. You know, it's fucking done away there on itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking crazy. And, and you know, I wouldn't have seen that happening in a million years. Nah. Yeah, there's a, there's a big hype behind Kadrona and Treble Cone. Mm. And I mean, like, you know, Remarks is, is so sick and Coronet Peak is so sick. Mm. And well, it's made like most of the interviews that come on here, when when we've talked about Coronet, yeah. are like best place on a powder day. Yeah. If you know, you know. Yeah. Um, best day like any day really even mm. if it's like um you know a little bit solid riding the side hits that are just off the trail is mm. you know sick enough you can go up there and lap for you know two hours and be done go mm. home 
Yeah. <laughs> Legs dead um, straight onto the chairlift. Yeah. Straight off the chairlift. Yeah, that's surprising with that resort how much... Like it's a low elevation. Yeah. But how much terrain... It's really deceptive how much terrain it actually opens up. Yeah. Like, because it's so easy to forget about that whole rocky gully side and yep. all of that shit. The T-bar over there as well yep. and back bowls as well. Mm. And even, like, green gates, green gates down to Ceresso mm. is, um, yeah, it's some insane and just, you know, you can go as big as you want. Yeah. If you want to go... 50 60 foot on a nicey day <laughs> you, you still can eh? yeah 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 all right cool i'll uh, we'll fire into our enders then yeah you know the deal favorite rider uh new zealand or both if you want international uh would still have to be like um oh chris bradshaw um for new zealand Mahi Mains. Favourite mountain? Um, remarks. Favourite board? Ooh. Uh, Battalion Goliath. Yeah, it's um, just a Swiss Army knife, really. Uh, Favourite video part? Um, that's such a hard one. Mm. that trips a lot of people eh? um there's so many eh maybe uh like uh something like lucas mcgoon and um and cold world for me to be honest because that's just one like from when i was younger that i'll just never forget watching that yeah him and chris bradshaw in that and yeah just Gnarly, just burned an image in my mind. Right. Uh, Favourite gig? Um, it's got to be between Fat Freddy's Drop um, and the Queenstown Event Centre Oval or um, the game in Red Man at High Times Cannabis Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Favourite city? Uh, shit. Not a big fan on cities. Sapporo. Sapporo is pretty cool. Favorite trick? Uh, on a rail or a jump? You take both if you want. Uh, just a front three on a jump. And, um, oh, it's so hard on a the rail. There's so many tricks, eh? <laughs> <clears throat> I thought about this. I was like, I've got to think about the stock enders, eh? And and now I'm just drawing a blank. Why not blunt same ways? Front blunt same ways. All right. Yeah. Favorite style? Um, again, Chris Bradshaw. Any of those guys that are just doing like simple tricks well and and you know technical sort of butters and, and shit like that. Nice. Uh, favorite board graphic. Now I thought about this as well because I'm not like a like a a big board graphic kind of guy, um, and I just had to go with something. I've got to go with something like recent would be um, like a Beyond Metals Goliath, Italian Goliath, um, a couple of years back. Um, it was a, like a white top sheet, and it had like um, just like a simple drawing of like 
a naked chick on it, and then like a naked chick on the on the bottom as well. <laughs> <laughs> Who has the best method? Um, shit. That's such a hard one because I'm not like a like a big method guy. Um, and there's so many different periods to mm. to methods. I would say now probably just because it's it's just talked about at the moment probably Ben Ferguson um and then back in the day just from watching video parts probably like Nicholas Mueller or something I don't I don't know and he had a, he has a pretty amazing method eh? <laughs> and uh final bonus question yep. what's the key to a good method so um TJ gave me the rundown a couple of years back um, probably a, a night working in the workshop um, on how to do a method properly. I don't have a good method. Um, but he said he um, grew up with um, Trevor Ponting, sort of showing him the ropes. Um, I think Trev took him under his wing when he was a grommy. And uh, TJ rattled to me that Trev had said to him, that you need to grab your board and melon first and then poke it out into a method from there. Right. So, you know, <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> I can't do it like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, apparently that's how you do it. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time, Morgan, and see you up the hill. Cheers, Tony. Cheers. Cheers.